The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I'm excited to be back here again. You know, in some ways, this show is my own personal form of therapy, and that's certainly going to be the case today. It has been a shit-kicking, absolute clusterfuck of a week, and it's only Tuesday, but I believe that our guest is going to revive my attitude and my spirit, and, uh, you know, if nothing else, just seeing the smiling face of my favorite co-host and your favorite co-host, Michael Windsor, I'm sure will set me back in the right direction. Welcome into another wonderful episode of this show. We are so happy to bring you a brand new guest and some crazy stories from around the globe, not just around the bar. Um, without further ado, here is my partner in crime, Michael Windsor. Steve, it's so good to see you. You look so smart and handsome tonight. Thank you. I needed that. You know, right before we got on here, our good friend Dirty Tom insulted me to my face and um, it took all the strength in my body not to shiv him. You know, I was thinking about like taking my shoelaces off my shoes and, you know, like choking him out. Uh, right there where he stood, but it's okay. I'm going to try to push that anger down, uh, even though it feels very palpable right now. And I'm going to ask you, my friend, what is new? Well, first of all, if it makes you feel any better, Dirty Tom just lost a bet for a couple hundred bucks to Nick. So. Oh, I was there when he paid out. Yeah. Oh, and, um, okay. And it, it, was, it was pretty great because when Tom's cash hit the table, so did the, uh, the appetizers that they had just ordered. And uh, unfortunately... The appetizers was one of those crazy charcuterie boards. Uh, maybe you've heard of these. They're meats and cheeses and all kinds of spreads. Uh, the bitches love them. And long story short, the cash <laughs> got a little bit of brie on it. Brie is not really a cheese that's conducive to cash. You know, it's very messy in that regard. It's soft. You know, if you're going to be putting cash around cheese, you want a firmer cheese, something like a manchango. You know, something that's going to really not rub off on your on your dollar dollar bills. But no, my, uh, to Tom's credit, despite the fact that I'm a little upset with him right now, he is a man of his word and integrity, and he does pay up when he loses a bet. I will give him that. Um, so yes, I saw him pay up on on uh, on that little drinking bet that that him and Nick had. So um, I was there to witness. Um, what else is new? Oh, good. Well, hopefully that brightened up your day a little bit. Uh, yeah, I always like watching my friends lose. Uh, you know, there is some weird masochism <laughs> in that, especially if it involves. That's why you paying money. Yeah. That's why you asked me to be your co-host, I'm sure. Oh, of course. yeah. Listen, Front row seat every episode. You know, I, I we have another good friend, uh, Mr. Marinowski, and I don't want to get too down in the in the weeds here on our what's new about this uh, wily character. But uh, I, I we used to always joke, you know, the best time to be around Mike is when you're in the dumps because he operates really well in the dumps. You know, he's the guy that's going to uh, be so sarcastic about wallowing in his own depression that he's going to make you laugh and he's going to bring you back. So you need those friends uh, when you're feeling a little bit in the gutter that you can look at and be like, oh, you're just as fucked up. <laughs> I love you you're too, ta- You're talking about the other Mike, the right? The other Mike, yes, the other Mike. Yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, not not a lot new going on. I, I'm finally getting over that this cold that I have. But uh, we had an Airbnb guest last night, so uh, Missouri just made... Uh, uh, weed rec- recreational, which is kind of cool. 
uh, and our guest was uh, staying our Airbnbs are in Missouri, and uh, he bought a bunch of weed. He didn't want to travel with it, so he left it here for us. So oh, that really? was one of the nicer things. Yeah, that nice. was one of the nicer things that we've had left in the Airbnb. A little, little free weed tip, nothing like that to uh, get your day going in, in, in a little mellow mood. If that wasn't mellow enough, we got some mellow corn for you tonight. But we will get into that. We'll get into our guest and all this, uh, all of his wonderful stories. But without further ado, let me tell you a few disclaimers before we hop into the show, guys. First off, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. You guys are the reason we do this show. We love you so much. Um, these listeners, uh, from the people that have reached out to us on socials, from the or just the anonymous ones that download our stuff, throw us a, a rating on Spotify, or just stream it. You guys are our motivation. We love doing the show. It's a passion of ours to talk about the bar business and bring you great stories from coast to coast, but we would not continue to do it, and we would not continue to grind through it without your motivation. So thank you for being part of it. If you do want to get more involved, and Mike, I see your hand up. I'm going to be right there with you, okay? <laughs> be patient, little buddy, okay? The teacher's going to call on you. Um, if you do want to get more involved, listen to the end of the show. That's when we're going to give you all the information about everything from our merchandise store to our industry happy hour that we do every month where you can hang out with Mike and I to all other types of ways you can get involved as an executive producer or if you're very interested get some bonus content on our Patreon um, and that's where Mike and I are doing some other cool and creative stuff so please listen at the end of the show there's a ton of information there I know Mike wants to stop me because I bet he wants to talk about the suggestion box am I right Mike no, I, I also I just wanted to, to thank everyone who's uh, listened and, and followed us on social media and uh, the people who have joined our Patreon. Honestly, we can't tell you how how much it means to us. It is so cool to see this thing starting to or organically grow. It's so exciting, and you guys are making it happen. And honestly, if you if you're listening, you're a part of this right now. I I, I just I hope you guys take some pride in this because uh, you know S Steve's obviously the podcast junkie, but all the podcasts I follow are incredibly popular already. You know they've got you know seventy thousand no you know yeah. followers and all that stuff. So you know it's cool. It's just a show that I, I enjoy. But with this one, if you enjoy and you're supporting us, you were literally helping create something out of you nothing got so in, truly we you got in early on the ground floor all right think about this you got google stock in 97 that's what you're sitting here with all right baby we're going to the moon god damn it um yeah no. except our stock is just bragging rights yes. is that, that's it right but <laughs> it, maybe, it, maybe some stickers it is very <laughs> grassroots right now you guys are special to us and we really appreciate you uh helping us grow this community because it is growing and and we're excited uh for some of the things that we're going to be doing here in 2023 adding video adding a more seasoned social media marketing uh, uh, person to our team to, to really help us. Um, and then obviously our newest feature, the suggestion box, which you all need to start calling into. I mean, if you're a bartender, you're a server, you work in the service business and you have any gripes about your coworkers, your customers, your managers, do not hesitate. Call the bartender rant suggestion box. It's a hotline that you can call in and leave all of your grievances or just tell us uh, how bad we are at podcasting or how good your shift was. <laughs> tell us about Big Tip. I mean, I'll, we'll take the losses and the wins. All right, Mike, give them the number if they want to call into that hotline. Yes, that that number is 423-PODRANT. 423-PODRANT. I can't remember. Do you want me to type it out really quick? P-O-D-R-A-N-T. It starts with 423. That's right. 423-PODRANT, guys. Please give that a ring. 
I think what's going to be really fun about that is we start to get in stories um, from all of y'all out there who might not have a chance to make it on the show or maybe don't want to, but you can be 100% anonymous, leave your gripes and your grievances, and uh, Mike and I are going to listen to those and then comment on them as some uh, bonus content, which I think will be a lot of fun. But um, let's keep this train moving. I want to get into this awesome episode. I've only been teased about our guest, Zach Ramsey. I don't know a lot about him yet, which is actually great because I'm going in fresh. I'm going in new. I'm as much of a new listener as you are out there. Um, But it sounds like he's had some... Uh, a kind of a wild ride in this business. Bartended in and out of the states. Uh, he's bringing with us a classic Boilermaker today. Um, so it, it's going to be, I think, a very aggressive episode. Very wild and I'm very excited to get into that. Um, before we jump into the show, as we always say before we do, guys, we want you to be happy, healthy, and sticking around. The only way you can do that is if you're taking care of yourself. Uh, so it's important. This business is so hard on mental health. Uh, and it will grind you down, right? It's long hours. There's a lot of self-medication. If you guys need to talk to somebody, please reach out to Mike and I. Uh, we're not professional counselors, but we're here to listen. We're here to be a friend. You can always email us at the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. We are happy to listen and chat with you. Um, we've dealt with a lot of these things ourselves. If you need you know, more uh, experienced uh, help, please reach out to the resources at the end of the show. Mike's always going to provide those. We always say this world's a much more interesting place with you in it. So we want you to hang around, be healthy, keep coming back and helping us grow this community. Um, I don't think there's anything else, is there, Mike? Nope, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Well, let's get right into it. We have Zach Ramsey and a wonderful little taste on the Boilermaker, PBRs and Mellow Corn Whiskey. Let's go. All right, Zach, how you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. You know, you really embody the whiskey that you've brought on. I mean, I'm I'm coming in very hot today. Uh, you know, you asked me how I was doing, and I unloaded on you like a, a girlfriend <laughs> on a fucking warpath, and you just took it in stride, dude. You you seem like a really mellow guy just in general. Yeah, we've all had bad days, too. But <laughs> yeah. Mellow will help. Yes, the melatonin <laughs> will help, and I, I got a fresh bottle here. Just cracked her open and poured my first one, and I'm I'm ready to toss it back. Uh, should we just like toss one just to get us going? Like, just wa- look at this guy. This guy's throwing them in the air. He's throwing the whole bottle. I don't up. even have a glass. I'm gonna join you, brother. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Hello, guys. Well, Zach, we always like to start the show kind of the same way. Why the hell would you do this? Why the hell would you come on with these two crazy motherfuckers and be subjected to our interrogation? I mean, it's a pretty easy question. I mean, all I do is listen to podcasts anyway. And ah. If I get to get on and be able to talk about some of the crazy shit that I've seen, hell yeah. My I'm brother. In. My brother. I Listen, I'm a podcast junkie, and we don't get, believe it or not, we don't get too many of those on the show. Uh, anything that you've been listening to recently that you really like that you might want to recommend for the people or a staple in your life that you listen to all the time? I mean, I listen to, like, I studied history in college and stuff, so I listen to a lot of history podcasts. My favorite one right now is probably A Short History Of. Mm, yeah. It's just, like, 50-minute episodes about something random in history. Yeah. And the guy who does it has, like, the most sweet, beautiful voice. I listen to him, like, 
to go to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. what, when you find somebody out there that has that butter in their voice and it is just, it's, it's intoxicating, you know, I've always felt that way with, um, uh, uh, the 21 club. And I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, the gentleman that does that, it, he's just, he has this deep, 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 um, kind of like almost uh, brooding raspy voice. And it, 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 it's like a thriller movie when I'm listening to him. I got like prickles up my spine, but I love it. I can't stop listening to it. So, um, what are you a fan of time suck at all? Cause I know that's another big history podcast. The big fan of, you know, that's one that I'm a, a huge listener. I'm actually, not even familiar with that. Okay. That's so that's how I got to uh random history. Um or uh short what uh sorry, what's the title? Short history. Yeah, short history of yeah. Dot, dot, dot. yeah, short history of was um was uh recommended. I think it was actually an advertisement on Time Suck. And I kind of wandered my way over there. You gotta have a mix of like the palatable and the not palatable episodes. And what I mean by that is I love Time Suck, but they're three hours long. They're kind of like our podcast, and it's nice yeah. to mix it up every now and then and catch something that's like 10, 15, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, you know, something I can burn through during a workout at the gym or something like that. So um, I, I try to get a mix of everything, and, and they, they've been such an unbelievable uh, resource to be like, I just want to go uh, deep into this particular topic right now. So I, lo I love that. That's a great recommendation. Um well, let's get into the show, my man. I want you to tell us a little bit about you. Obviously, this is your show. Uh, so first, let's start with this cocktail. Why PBR? Why Mellowcorn? Well, PBR because it's the best beer ever. <laughs> Mellowcorn, because lately I've been on a Mellowcorn kick. I'm wearing a Mellowcorn hat right now. Oh, oh, you nice. really? can, you, can you put it a little closer to the screen so I can get the logo? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Look at this man. Yeah, I went up to the Heaven Hill Distillery and bought me a hat. So, hell yeah. Nice. Great surprise. Now, where, where are you from, Zach? Because that might give us a little bit more reference geographically to Heaven Hill. Well, I did live a couple years in Kentucky, but I pretty much, my dad was a Marine, so I grew up, was born in like D.C. area. Okay, cool. Grew up on Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. Yeah. And when you retired, we moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky, and moved to Tampa, Florida, and I moved to Tallahassee to go to college. And in that period, I was just six months in the States, and I would just go travel somewhere for the other half of the year. That's killer. You, I, I assume that you get that kind of traveling bug from being a little bit of a military brat, you know, moving uh, was, yeah. you know, moving and change is something that you're very accumulated to. And so it's probably a little easier for you to say, hey, let's take a little bit of an adventure, you know. So too many people, I think, they grow up and work and die in the same t little hometown they're from, and that's fine, but I think it makes them a, a little too comfortable uh, with that and that little, would be so crazy to imagine <laughs> right you can't even wrap your head around it right and uh it's cool man we we share some mid-atlantic roots together i mean you being you know at least uh kind of early on from dc and obviously i'm here in baltimore mike's out in kansas i can hear that southern twang in your voice just a little bit you have a you got a little bit of brown sugar on top of the on top of the vocals yeah. tonight so well my accent is all sorts of everywhere because i speak spanish also from studying spanish in school and like yeah. traveling so, I don't know. I have, like, Southern. I got uh, – my Spanish accents are all just, a, like, a hodgepodge of different stuff. I speak Colombian Spanish, but I speak with an Argentinian accent. <laughs> okay. When I get drunk, I speak like a Mexican. Like, it gets weird. 
Well, you know, it's funny. You just referenced Columbia, and we're going to talk a little bit about Columbia in our drink history today, which I'm sure some people are like, wait, didn't you say it was PBR and American whiskey? How are you going to fucking bring Columbia into this? But just you wait, people. As always, I've dug deep for you in the cocktail history today. Um, so I, I know you said that PBR is the best beer ever. Before I tell the people about the cocktail history and we tell them how you like to make it, right? And maybe it's straight out the bottle with the whiskey. Why do you love PBR so much? I, I don't know, man. I started drinking it when I moved to Tallahassee. That was like all of me and my friends. It's all we drank. Yeah. We shotgun them all the time. Because, you know, we were 20, 21 years old. Yeah. It was in your and formidable I'm, years. I got PBR. I have a PBR tattoo on my calf, and it says Shotgun Summer 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this guy's representing both of the brands, and I love that. Um, I mean, listen, I, I remember, it, you know, my time at West I assume that you, when you say Tallahassee, you're an FSU grad, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I went to FSU. Right. That's correct. Huge school, right? One of the biggest schools in the country. Big party scene. Great party, time party, there. Party. I went to West Virginia, so I think we had a very similar experience in that regard. And, you know, our staple was Natty Light. We'll all, you know, and I'll go down with the ship on a can of Natty Light, man. I, I love that <laughs> stuff. And I love PBR, too. PBR through and through is that American, uh, you know, shit lager. It's red, white, and blue. It's got the ribbon across the front. You know, it's it's as classic as they come. So, yeah, um, dude. no knock. On these new cans that have sports players on them. Oh, cool. what's that? What's that? What that like? Like a Wheaties box, or what are we talking about here? Kind of, dude. It's so like here. Who's on that shit? It's really weird. There's like a bowler on there. There's a bowler. Nice. Of course, there's a bowler on there. Basketball. There's a guy holding an ice cream cone. No, I guess it's a frosty mug. Never mind. I didn't. (laughs) I didn't think. Then a hockey player. I didn't think we were gonna get to here, but as this show consistently surprises me, I would like to do something special right now, guys. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know the name Pete Weber. Does anybody know that name? Okay. Pete Weber. No. Pete Weber. Yeah. Pete Weber is the Michael Jordan of bowling. Okay. He is considered to be the most decorated men's professional bowler of all time. You may have remembered about 10 years ago, there was a famous online video where he rolled like some crazy 710 or back to back. uh, You know, uh, strikes to win a match, and he started freaking out, and he goes. Who do you think you are? I am! And started like doing like the suck it pose. You may have seen this. He's like a skinny guy with glasses. It, it, his tirades after winning were like famous on the professional bowling circuit. Pete Weber retired this past weekend. And so when you say that the PBR can had a little bowler on it, I like to think that's Pete. He's about true blue American as they come. So I'd like to raise a, Cheer, cheers I'd like to to raise a PBR yeah, in the air. To Pete Weber. Jesus Christ. And I'd like to say, who do you think you are? I am. Just so you know, Steve, (laughs) this is why these episodes are three hours long. (laughs) Just so you know. You know what? But guess what? There's one fucking Pete Weber fan who's listening right now, and he's like, yes, yes. Right? And that's that's what's important. All right. So tell the people how you like to do your PBR and mellow corn backers. Do you rip the shot of whiskey first? Are you strictly out of the bottle and then you drink the can? Do you kind of sit back and forth like a like a salsa and chip ratio thing, like a little bit of melicorn, a little bit of PBR? Like, how, how are we doing this? Uh, salsa and chip, yeah. Salsa and chip, I like A little like bit it. of column A, a little bit of column B, <laughs> and then as soon as you get going, shotgun one, and then... <laughs> Mix them together. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, well, let's put a drink in the air. As we always say, guys, don't just listen along. Pete Weber. 
No. <laughs> Don't just listen along. <laughs> Drink along. There you go. There you go. All right. Really quickly, I want to tell you guys some history about PBR because it is a fascinating, fascinating beer history. All right. PBR dates way back to the 1840s. It was first brewed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was not actually called PBR. It was not Pabst Blue Ribbon. It was actually called, are you ready for this? The Best Brewing Company. That was the legal name of the brewery. The Best Brewing Company. What? Oh, a, hell yeah, I was right. <laughs> what a cocky group of people. Um, it wasn't really that. The, the truth is, the original owners of the brewery, their last name was Best Okay, and it's the best brewing company. They came up with the original recipe for what we now know as Pat's, you know, Pabst Blue Ribbon. But the story of how it became Pabst is fascinating. So, there was a gentleman named Gottlieb Pabst. Okay, he was from Germany, and he married a nice little German girl named Frederica. They had a a son named Frederick. They came over to the United States in the late 1840s, and they settled in Chicago. Um. You know, uh, at the time, Gottlieb worked on ships on Lake Michigan. Frederica was a, you know, homemaker. And eventually their little son, Frederick, grows up. And who does he marry but Maria Best, the heiress to the Best Brewing Company fortune. He marries the brewer's daughter. And he parlays that marriage into working at the Best Brewing Company. And eventually, when his father-in-law dies in the 1860s, he takes over the brewery, all right? Now, two very important things happen from the moment that he takes over in, uh, in the mid to late 1860s. Number one, okay, this revolution of American brewing starts to happen. This is when we're starting to get toward the industrial era. Obviously, you know, the Civil War is kind of uh, coming to an end and in flux. And there's so there's there's some booming economies around the nation where um, people are flocking to cities and commercially produced products like beer, like alcohol, like other things like that are starting to boom. So one, it's an opportunity where uh, little Frederick sees, hey, we're going to take Paps and we're going to make this a national brew. That's number one. Number two is in 1871, a monumental event happened in the United States. You may have heard of it. It was called the Great Chicago Fire. At the time, in the late 1860s, early 1870s, the top 15 beer-producing companies in the United States were all in Chicago. All 15 of them burned to the ground. In fact, in total, 19 breweries were completely decimated and destroyed in the 1871 Great Chicago Fire. And out of that, something amazing happens. Because Chicago burns to the ground and all these breweries producing beer are now out of business, no longer producing, all their stock has been burned off, Milwaukee swoops in and becomes the beer town of America. All these breweries in Milwaukee that were brewing, but were still kind of number two to Chicago, breweries like the Best Brewing Company, they now are at the forefront of this booming commercial market because there is a demand that Chicago is not providing anymore. And so Milwaukee becomes the leading beer-producing city in the United States by 1889, a hundred percent because of the Chicago fire. If not, we would. So not- I go ahead, Mike. 
I, I was just going to say, so I think we know how the Chicago Fire truly started now. That's right. Uh, Frederick Gottlieb, or Frederick Pabst, probably you know kicked over uh, the lantern and set that cow uh, that cow barn on fire, probably. But um, I always knew that that story was just too convenient. I knew there was more well, to it. Well, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy around it, and I hope a documentary will be made one day to really dig into that because it's always fascinated me. But so, so you know, it, it's so interesting because Frederick decides in 1890, right as all of these Milwaukee brews are kind of taking over the market, I'm going to change it from the best brewing company to the Pabst Brewing Company. And that's how we became PBR. And I just found that all really fascinating. It's a story of nepotism. It's a story of opportunity. <laughs> it's a story of being at the right place at the right time. And that is, uh, that's the truth. And so that is the true blue American tale right there. Marry into money, take over your father-in-law. Oh, wow. We got hands up all around the class. Yeah. Right? Questions. Okay. Let's go Zach first. Zach. No. All right. So now I have a new question. So like, if he pretty much was running the game in Milwaukee after Chicago burns down, was he the one who just decided that it was America's best in 1893? He was like, yeah, we're, we got it. So he actually kept the original <laughs> slogan from when it was the best brewing company. So they used to call it America's best because the family's last name was best. And he just kept that when he took over and changed it to PBR. I don't okay. know if the slogan's yeah. on the can or not. Oh, no, it's still on there. Selected as America's best in 1893. There you go. Yeah, say something about it about it, and we'll burn your oh, city down. Dude. Well, <laughs> well, now I know what you're talking about because you actually just segued to the next point. Do you remember how I teased Columbia? I was, I, yeah. That's why my hand was up. I was like, Steve, well, you, you, you go, missed Michael. something there, there buddy. <laughs> so the, the company has historically claimed the flagship beer renamed Pabst Blue Ribbon as America's best because... There was something called the World's Columbian Expo Exposition, okay? And this was kind of like uh, the Chicago World's Fair, all right? But this was specifically about, like, food and beverage products. This happened in 1893, or maybe this was the Chicago World's Fair, and I just never knew it was called the Columbian Exposition. Um, but they were awarded the best beer in 1893 at that particular fair. So that's that's why they can claim that. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm great. A fascinating I love that. I know, and I'm I'll tell you, I dug so deep on this. I could, I could talk for two more hours just about PBR. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many fascinating things. One, if you just look at their wiki, one of their wiki categories is peak decline and revival that in and of itself, it's its own, uh, you know, two hour long podcast, the saga that is PBR. But for today, we're going to drink PBR. We're going to drink Melicorn whiskey. We're going to enjoy it. And cheers in the air to Gottlieb Pabst and his son, Frederick. Cheers. Salud. All right, let's get right into the show. Our first category, even though he, even though he didn't he didn't start the brewery or anything, no. but cheers to him. No, absolutely not. Absolutely Cheer, not. Cheers to Marion yeah. Wright. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Again, nepotism, nepotism, nepotism. Marry right in, dude. Um, all right, Zach. First, we always like to ask people. Uh, you know, we we like to start out with the drinkedin category. Think of this as like your service industry LinkedIn. So the first question is, how did you first ever get into this business? The second is, what positions have you held? Like, rat-a-tat-tat, like, tell me all the different roles. And then where are you now? So let's start with how you got into the service business. Well, so 
guess my first job in the industry, I don't know if you'd consider this, but it was being a pizza delivery driver for Pizza Hut. Absolutely, too. We definitely consider that, yeah. Follow-up question. It was so weird. Follow-up question. So many crazy things happened through that job. I don't understand. (laughs) Um, After that, started, oh, go ahead. No, did Pizza pizza Hut deliver? I didn't, I was not aware of this. This is the thing? What? they did. Oh, I, it was in, like the pizzas that weren't the buffet ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. In my, I've never been to a pizza that delivered. I've, I, I, I didn't know they did that. So that's blowing my mind. Yep. I did that for a little while. Or get get some culture, Steve. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh man. But that, so that was in Tampa and then, or Brandon technically. And then I ended up going to Tallahassee just to get out of Tampa area. And when I was there, Started going to school, and then I got a job at this little burrito place, like a little local burrito spot right outside of the stadium. And that job was ridiculous. It was a lot of fun because there's a really small staff, and I was getting my feet wet in, like, actual industry. I was mainly just rolling giant burritos. <laughs> like, our fucking, our slogan was the Crippy of Burritos because our the owner was, like, this huge weed. Like, he loved yeah, the, the went, what of the, for the for what of burritos? <laughs> the creepy of burritos, like creepy weed, like really nice, good weed. I've never I, heard. I've that actually never heard that. You never heard the word creepy? Never. Yeah, creepy. There's a creepy burritos. Okay. That was like on our marquee. Nice. Really? We had like specials like on every Friday. It was dollar tacos from four twenty to seven twenty. Okay. It got weird. <laughs> it was like definitely a college hangout spot. I got to be honest nice. with you. If there was a burrito place that was like, hey, guys, come in for our Monday night special. We will roll your – you have to bring the weed and the papers, but we'll roll your blunt <laughs> and your burritos. You know? <laughs> Dude, there was one kid that I worked with that would have been really good at that. Yeah, just a just – he, he couldn't roll a burrito for the life of him, but damn, he could roll a blunt. <laughs> Those are special people. You know, they yeah. were destined for another, uh, you know, another time in history, maybe 20 years from now, where um, I, I really do believe that we are going to get to a point where the blunt rolling profession is very similar to like the Cuban cigar rolling profession, that we're going to look at these people as artisans, you know? And oh, yeah. I, I'm excited for that day, personally. Um, also, there's going to be like really cool competitions, probably, where oh, it's yeah. like speed rolling blunts, like blindfolded. Yeah. Like cocktail competitions, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I've I've been to I've been to some music festivals where they had they had those type of uh, uh, rolling competitions, and I didn't know how many fucking different ways you could roll weed into paper. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of insane. Dude, have you never seen a, a Seth Rogen video? Uh, uh, yes, I've oh, seen. Yeah, there you go. I've, yes, I've seen Pineapple Express. Go fuck yourself, right. um, <laughs> Zach. So, rat a tat tat. Some of the different uh, positions you've held. So, obviously, you started as a pizza delivery driver. You rolled some burritos. But, like, what are some of the other roles that you held in the service business as you've kind of worked your way up? Okay, so after, like, after the burrito shop, because I moved to like, Nicaragua for a little bit, and then came back, and then I started working with all my best friends in Tallahassee at this place called Momo's Pizza, which is, like, they're the staple of Tallahassee when it comes to pizza. And, like, our pizzas are huge. I think we're 30 inches or 35-inch pies. And it's like a punk rock pizza joint. Player punk rock music and just cheap beer like PBRs and Guinness and everything like that. And Sounds like a place like we have here in Baltimore called yeah. Johnny called Johnny Rads. Yeah, oh, shut yeah. up, Johnny Steve. Rads. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's like a <laughs> skate, Baltimore before. It's like a skateboarder punk rock bar that does pizza. That's how it's just. 
Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just I'll sharing. be nice to you. I know you. Had, I know you had a rough day. Had, I'll be nice I've had to you. I'm sorry. Week and it's Tuesday. All right, continue. <laughs> yeah, I started at that place, Momos. I have continued to work there on and off for my whole time in Tallahassee, which was like eight years, probably seven years. And I mean, I started as a dishwasher there, just started moving up, then like you know, a prep guy, and then on the line, pretty much like making slices or topping pies and then doing ovens and expedite. And then I started throwing pizza. Like that was the most fun part of it for sure. Just throwing huge pizzas in the air and it comes all over your body. I'm taking that song bite out of, out of context. Later. <laughs> do you have some tricks in your bag? Can you, can you like roll it down the, like, like roll it down the shoulder? Right? Nah, dude, I never, I just was all about efficiency. I was like, I could just kind of feather shit as fast as possible. <laughs> But also, like, it's a really entertaining thing to watch. So there'd always be kids coming in just to stare at you throwing pizza, and you're like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> just just punk, punk rock blaring in the background yeah. while you're tossing <laughs> tossing dough. Oh man, yeah, I don't watch you do yeah, your yeah, job. After, yeah, but, that's it. but after that, I moved shit from Tallahassee. After a bunch of traveling and stuff, I moved to Colombia. Well, I moved to Argentina for a year actually, and then I moved. Got to Alaska briefly and then to Columbia again. And, you know, then I moved to St. Augustine about seven years ago. And that's where I am now. Great positions that I've held outside of like, you know, being dishwasher prep, all that kind of stuff in the cocktail world and bar world. But then all of that, bar backed, served, done cocktails and stuff like that. And at this point right now, I'm kind of more into beer tending. I'm taking a little sabbatical from cocktails. Yeah. I much prefer pouring beer. It's so easy. You can keep conversations going longer, and the money's the same, man. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Did now now some of that time in Argentina and Colombia, you were still in the business down there too, though, right? Yeah, I opened a bar for a friend in this place called Salento, Colombia, which is in the coffee region, like outside of Medellin. And yeah, I ran that program for like five months, and I'll get into that when the quitting stories happen first. yeah <laughs> and that's what that's what's great about the drink din is we kind of want the skeleton of of where yeah. you've been what you've that's done right. i mean flesh it i've all pretty out. much done it all like but at this moment um my good friend ryan here in town we're opening up a bar or a bar called mugsy's oh steve's steve's gonna love this bar when you tell him what it is so it's awesome like and ryan like to know this guy he's a diy dude like he builds everything in his bars himself and it's super eclectic all the time he has like a grilled cheese bar here in town. It's like a beer and grilled cheese bar Ooh, arcade kind of thing. I love that already. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And our new place is like a retro sports bar. There's like old sports memorabilia covering all the walls, a pool table, dartboard, foosball table, yes. and cheap draft beer like Bushlight, yes. PBR, shit like that. It's I love it. Fucking beautiful. And didn't you say that you guys play like old sports yeah, cl- like, clips and like games? Yeah, TVs and we always just. Like pretty much YouTube, like classic, you know, nineteen ninety five championship basketball. Or yeah. I always play World Cup matches from the sixties and seventies. I started my day today with a nineteen eighty four college basketball game that I watched from beginning to end. I'm, I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem. No, oh, so that's what I'm saying. You, yeah, you, you love, love this part. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. And it. And look, it's just in time. I mean, by the time that this episode comes out, we are going to be on the doorstep of March Madness. All right. And I have to say. Um, I'm very. Is that a new COVID variant or something? 
you fucking ignorant cunt. It's it's kind of the biggest college basketball tournament in the world. No, um, uh, we will be on the precipice of March Madness, and I am very happy to say that as of last night, March twenty seventh. The West Virginia Mountaineers have punched their ticket to the dance, boys. Very excited to say that. How are, how are your uh, Florida State Seminoles doing this year? I have no idea, man. When I went to school, I went to school to learn. I didn't go to a football ah, game. I never, never followed that shit. This guy. I All follow right. football, football. I follow the real football. Not American football, not college American. Who do you like? I Who do you like? Football. Who do you like? What do you want to go club or country? International like, club or country? teams are just my team of all teams is Boca Juniors from Argentina. Okay, the most rowdy, insane motherfuckers that like their fans are absolutely nuts. Okay. Like when I was living down there, there's a event with them playing their rival River Plate, and it's the biggest rivalry in pretty much all of sports. But they canceled it the whole match three times because people kept stabbing each other. <laughs> Somebody threw <laughs> tear gas onto the. They were shooting tear gas under the pitch when River Plate was coming out. Like the Boca fans, because always in the Bombadero, which is the Boca Stadium, it was nuts. They so uh, oh, I, I, have hosting, a, like, I have a question though. So when you talk about people stabbing each other, are these Argentinian fans stabbing other Arte- Argentinian fans? Oh yeah. Like, See, dude, this is why this is why I don't get sports. It's supposed to be like a team thing, and then all the people are fuck fucking, you, dude. Uh, you know, it's professional tribalism. Each other each other. It's, it's professional it's tribalism. Yeah, but it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to stab your tribes, Steve. Just, you know well, that, no, right? But they're opposing tribes. No, they're, they're stabbing like the opposing tribe, Michael. They just. Like, I thought you said no, no, no. The way you asked, they're all Argentinian. They're yeah. all from Buenos Aires, but like. The thing about it, like Boca Juniors represents the poor, River Plate represents the rich. I so got you. Okay, that, fair. Okay, like understood. Understood. Yeah, I got you. You have to understand that what he's talking about, like, is okay. club soccer. We're not talking about international yeah. soccer, country to country. What we're talking about yeah, is we're talking about two teams in the same fucking city, the haves okay. and the have-nots. There's a palpable anger about it. You know, they are on the precipice. It's the way that I feel about the Green Bay Packers. It's also the way that I feel about I don't know. Uh, teams like Bayern Munich. I'm a massive Schalke fan, and I would love to see their stadium burned to the ground. But, you know, that's just <laughs> me personally. That's me personally, right? As somebody that lives in and out of relegation. But um, that's awesome. I, w- so I, I want to stick tight to the drink in, though. Where are you now? Okay, because that's what we all... That's right what now... We, yeah. Yeah, right now I'm, like, pretty much moonlighting. It's been a lot of fun. I have, like... I work in like four different bars whenever somebody needs a shit picked up. I just, I'll get a message during the day and they'll say, hey, can you work tonight? I'm like, okay. And another bar will message me and be like, hey, can you work tonight? I'm like, no, I'm already working over here instead. But I'll take a shift from you tomorrow and I'll work there tomorrow. And But lately my time has been consumed by trying to open up that new bar, Muggsy's. Yeah. We built the entire thing ourselves. Like we laid all the pavers for the patio. We built the fences. It's beautiful. But then the city, this fucking city, they're just like, oh, stop work order because we didn't have a permit for the fence that we built to beautify the whole property. And it's been months of us just fighting the city. We had to get the pavers approved, the fences approved. Like, they tried to tell us that we couldn't have certain colors on the outside of the building. And there's no code really? for that. It's been ridiculous. But all said and done, as of like three days ago, we finally got the health inspection done, the building inspection done. Congratulations. The pavers approved, the fence approved. And now we're getting a temporary beverage license so we can start doing soft openings. That's really exciting. So and hopefully I have to, that'll be starting this weekend. I have to imagine from talking with our buddy Joel Collinger, who was just on oh, the yeah. show a couple episodes back. Oh, I know Joel. 
Yeah. 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 Joel's the reason that Zach's on. No, today. no, no. And I, and I, uh, that was kind of uh, teasing that. But, um, you know, Joel was pretty clear on his episode about the historic uh, pride that St. Saint o- Augustine has. And so I would assume that the local municipality is a little bit of pricks, fucking pricks about yeah. building shit. So that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Oh. It gets more ridiculous than that. Like this city thrives on tourism to an extent where like not to call out the city that I live in, but I have a lot of problems with them because Airbnbs have taken over the city. Like there's nowhere to live anymore. Prices are skyrocketing as far as like rent is concerned. And the city doesn't seem to care about like the people us. that like, live the and work there. Like, built <laughs> the industry is what built the city like into yeah. how popular it's become. So we've been like rated number one tourist destination for winter by like times magazine or really? like something like that we have, we're a city of 14,000 people. So our infrastructure pretty much supports that we have one cell phone tower and you don't get service in this town. you have to be on Wi-Fi somewhere. It's ridiculous. And then everything is tiny roads and the traffic is unbearable. Not to mention there's a drawbridge in the middle of the city. That goes up every half hour, and it takes like ten minutes for sailboats to go by, and then also goes back <laughs> down, and pops right back up. Fuck. That would yeah. uh, slowly anyway, drive me to madness, Zach. I need you to understand that I may go on some type of rampage if I ever do come to St. <laughs> Augustine or stay there for an extended period of time. Yeah, it is. It's a great town, though. The people, like everybody, that's pretty much staying here. You're either a student, a retiree, or you're on vacation. But most people are industry. Nice. That's what it is. Well, Zach's moonlighting, so I'm not going to tell you to go find him. But, uh, you know, if you show up to a bar in St. Augustine, I'll be there probably. (laughs) Either on one side of the bar or the other side of the bar. There you go. He's one of the only 14,000 people there. So it's (laughs) It's not not a big haystack. (laughs) And and here's the thing there's no reason to be texting anybody else in your life. Put your phone in your pocket. You ain't got no cell surface anyway. And make friends with Zach. Sorry, you know? Um, All right, Zach. I hate to tell you this my friend but there's only one way forward from here and it's through the gauntlet are you ready here we go here we fucking go here is the gauntlet okay my friend it's been smooth sailing up to this point but now the drawbridge is up and you're not getting across until you've completed the gauntlet Question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. These can be your pet peeves for customers, coworkers, the business in general, or these can be misconceptions that people have about the service business. Okay. So, I mean, shit. One of my biggest pet peeves, especially in this town where everybody's pretty much bar hopping around, you go to one bar, then they send you to another bar. That's how we all work with each other. It's like, oh, if you... Have you been here yet? Oh, you should go there next. But sometimes I'll get a guest that'll come in and be like, I have this drink at this one bar. Can you make that? I'm like, <laughs> what was it? And like, it was on their, like, their craft menu. I'm like, what? No, like, that's not my cocktail. I'm like, was it a classic? I'm like, no, they made it up. I'm like, do you know what was in it? And they're like, no. Like, what? The- but I thought you all knew each other, though, right? Yeah, they, like, they, they do you want me to here. text, like, what did he look like? I'll text him real quick. There's only 14,000. Oh, wait, I don't have any fucking like, service. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. And that happens, and you're like, God damn it. Like, I was trying to help you out, but fuck. 
But um, yeah, that drives me absolutely insane in this city. That happens way too often. It's like one of the bars that I've been working in for years since I moved here is called Oddbirds. And it's like an eclectic cocktail bar. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of like, kind of mellow as far as how we all present ourselves. But people would come in from bars that are not Oddbirds and be like, excuse me, I heard that you can make just bartender calls. Because that's what we're known for for the most part. There's like two years where we didn't even have a menu. It was all just like flavor profiling. It was like, what do you like? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, that sounds oh. like a nightmare. Dude, it was at first. And then you kind of get used to it. You just like chucked your shift with like a few ideas in your head. And you're like, all right. I was, I was going to say, I imagine there's a few lanes you pick for different profiles. Right. And also like I would see what I have like an abundance of as far as like random serves. Because we'd all just bring in random serves. But like, hey, I made this weird blueberry shit. If anybody wants to use it. Something like that. And then kind of take it from there. But that also would backfire in its own way because sometimes people come in like oh we were told that you guys just make whatever like according to you know who you are and I'm like yeah we do and they're like well i'm a gemini i went to <laughs> india once but i God hate spicy damn. food and honestly one time i saw billy joel play and it was the best day of my life i'm like how in the fuck is that going to help me create a cocktail for you? Like, just tell him it's called the Piano Man and just immediately walk away, right? Like, just, yeah. just put it in front of them, walk away. No, I, I uh, yeah, it's like, so funny. You get a margarita then. <laughs> we, we've had some other, like, uh, we've had some other people on the show talk about how when it's those bartender choice cocktails, um, you'll have somebody come in and be like, you know, I like sour, but I also like sweet, but I like spicy, but I also don't. But I, you know, I want it to be thick, but I need it to be thin. But I want it, you know, I like rum, but I don't like any clear alcohol, right? Like they would just, you know, they can, they'd be the contradicting themselves. I love your version, which is where they're describing what they want to drink based on like life experience. Well, I was, you know, yeah. I was born in the third moon house of cancer. My mother is from Wichita, you know, like, just some random. I have shit. two dogs. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, dude, that always drove me crazy. And especially there's at Auburn's also like all of our glassware comes from thrift stores. Okay. So every glass is different. So sometimes people will get a glass and like, this isn't what I had last time. Like, yeah, I know it's just a different glass because that glass is in the dishwasher now. Like, well, is it the same drink? I'm like, yes, it's the same drink. It's just in a different glass. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, I don't think you do. Like, <laughs> like I can tell you don't understand. I, I don't know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> drink your drink or don't. Yeah, you don't drink it's it the offered. same drink. It's a different <laughs> glass. Uh, it, I yeah. mean, is that kind of your guys' and, style? Is it no, no? I mean, just like the aesthetic in general. Like, are the tables and the chairs and the plateware? Is it all kind of an amalgamation of different? No, mainly like the because it's also a restaurant. It's kind of like a Latin themed restaurant, but more or less like the actual dining area and the outdoor patio, which is also dining. That's very. It's pretty. Normal. It's still, it's like kind of eclectic. The walls are all uh, murals and stuff like that. But behind the bar, that's when everything gets weird. <laughs> but and like everybody garnishes things different. Everybody makes things a little bit different. It's that's where like a place that you go to pretty much pick your bartender and be like, that's the guy that usually makes me what I like compared to 
something else that would happen. Yeah, th- this is this is the kind of bar that you go up to the bartender and you ask, "What's your sign?" Before you have the exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm an Aries, so I'm ready to. Oh fuck fight. you! Yeah, <laughs> give, yeah, give me another bartender, please. Yeah. He's not gonna understand what I like. Yeah. No, it's almost like a barber. Then, it's almost like a barber shop in that regard. Like I'd rather sit kinda, here yeah. and wait for my dude, you know, than. Uh, yeah, how many it, fucking barber shops have you been to, you bald motherfucker? Fuck what are you, you talking cunt. about? I use that some... hair. And you know what? Chop that up and put your name in front of <laughs> Piece of shit. There's also some things that happen in that bar. Like, I mean, all my love goes to that bar. I've been with them for a long time. But there's a couple bartenders that are very, I don't know, they like really dress things up. They're like the opposite of who I am. I just, I don't like to garnish anything. I'm like, if the cocktail doesn't speak for itself, then fuck me. Yeah. Like, yeah. But some people Mid- like go above and beyond to like put things in bird cages and all this crazy shit. <laughs> and they get that and they ask me for one. It's like just in a coupe glass out of garnish. Like, what is this? Like, it's fucking good. Just drink you, just, you just bring them a, a flower vase full of booze. And you're like, oh, dude, you're going to love it. Don't Here's worry about a it. Fish yeah, tank. I actually think okay, uh, it's Alex mostly will- vodka. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's happened before. We've done Alex- that before. Alex Velez actually had a word for this from Drink Masters. I can't remember what it was, but the uh, uh, there's a term for beautifying the drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? That has nothing to do with the flavor profile, but just the presentation. And that's great, you know, especially in the world of Instagram and TikTok and all yeah. that shit. You know, there's some people who are really going to eat that up, but I would have to agree with you in the sense that I would just prefer my cocktail tastes really good. I well, don't give a shit yeah. if you serve it to me in a boot. If it's delicious, I'm going to enjoy it. We've and, also and, done that, too. We have, like, a porcelain <laughs> boot that we have served cocktails in. So re- anything you can see at a thrift store that looks really weird, we buy and just put cocktails in. It doesn't. I don't know. I love that. But, I love that. It adds a little bit of a flair to it. You never know what you're going to get. A little, there's even a little bit more mystery and creativity to every drink. Um, even time to time, if you're ordering the same thing. Yeah. And there's like one person that was with us for a long time, Rustin Power, who's one of my best friends this way. He's the garnish guy on Instagram and stuff. He's such a great human being. The garnish guy. He unfortunately passed recently. Garnish guy. I know. I said the garnish god. Yes, he did. He might as well have been. (laughs) But um, people would come in specifically for his kind of stuff. And it was interesting to watch they'd like wait you know 15 minutes for him to like finish somebody else's stuff and i'm just standing there just like what's up you guys want to drink or, no? no we're waiting for him I'm like, okay i get it he does something totally different than i do but now i still have people come in like there was this guy with a beard like four years ago that made me a drink can you make that I'm like no I'm like, well do you know how to make what it, i'm talking about I'm like do you know what it was no like it came in this crazy fish glass I'll just make you something to put in fish glass. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that though. I love that. Uh, I love that he had such an impact that his memory lives on with people coming in and asking for him. That's great. Oh, he yeah. definitely had an impact. He's he's very well known. He is such a great dude. Miss wow. him every day. Sad to hear that. Sad to hear that he's left us. But uh, sounds like the memory is well alive. His memory is always here though. at your bar. Um, question number two: best and worst tips. Now. These do not need to be monetary, okay? Mike, explain to him that this can be a lot more than just a cash tip. Yeah, sure. I mean, we love hearing the bad tip stories. We love hearing the good tip stories. But sometimes a guest might come in and, you know, 
because of the connection you have with them, they might bring in something special to leave with you. This could even be an interaction where they, they left some words with you that you, you won't forget. So it, it can be any of those things. These categories are all pretty, pretty broad, broad and right. big. So, <laughs> well, here real quick, do you mind if I add something to the misconceptions? I By all means. One thing I want to say about that. See, Steve's just so trampling back or, to number all over one, you. real quick. Back to question. This one. is your Great show. Dude. Post. Um, did one of the fucking things that, drives me nuts is like there I feel like people that aren't in this industry, especially like behind the stick, like bartending. Some people look at it in this like romanticized idea, like, oh, you guys have so much fun, you're working and talking to people all the time, meeting girls, like all this kind of shit. When they don't understand like that kind of hours that we work, you're always on your feet, the physical and mental labor it takes to be able to do this job. And it's just, they don't understand it. Like I have friends that aren't in the industry at all. And they're just like, Oh yeah, you have to have just the best time ever all the time. Like it, I've worked like two doubles in a row. I've slept like four hours. Like I'm, I'm falling apart over here. Like, no. yeah. And try to have a relationship as a bartender that works all the time. Like, Nope. It's hard to keep a girlfriend and all this other stuff. Anyway, then the other side of it are the people that are like, they look at you as you're just this thing that is existing for no reason. Like for an example, I've had people that are, they'll get on to me and just like, there's one time at that pizza restaurant I was talking about in Tallahassee. Granted, this is pizza, it's still hospitality, but I'm throwing pizza and this guy's son is like watching me enthused and like just ecstatic, excited, everything. And the dad leans over, doesn't realize I can completely hear everything he's saying. He's like, See, son, this is why you have to go to college. So you don't have to work in a job like this. Wow. And I was like, mm. I had stopped what I was doing. I threw, I was throwing a, um, throwing dough and I flew it, like it hit the oven. And I was like, what did you just fucking say? <laughs> yeah. This like, is a, uh, this is a punk rock bar. Yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, dude, I heard you. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. I was like, I'm in college. I'm getting my second degree right now. I got a 4.1 GPA. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know what? I reached over and grabbed his pizza. I was like, you're not allowed to have this. Nice. His son can eat his. I let his son keep his slice of pizza. Like, and after your, your son's done with his slice, you can get the fuck out. Like, yeah. There is a... Uh, I love... Conf- like I said, I'm an Aries. I like confrontation. You, yeah. look, you look down at the kid and you're like, see, son, this is why you don't want to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I think there's something, too, that's... Uh, uh, maybe not completely unique, but special with the with the hospitality. Um, there's such a a constant pressure to provide a, this enjoyable atmosphere for for the guests, for the patrons that are there. And I think that's why I, I've worked several different jobs. I've gone to college. I've 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 been in all these different arenas. The only reoccurring dreams I have are of serving at at a restaurant. That's what that's those are the ones that come back, even though it's been like fucking seven years for me. And I think there's something about the 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 pressure and the anxiety of trying to provide a good uh, experience, yeah. an enjoyable experience for people that that really puts pressure on, you know, you know, uh, you know, anyone who works in the hospitality service uh, to really, you know, double down and, and try and, you know, work your best and work your hardest to provide that that experience. Right. So, but at the same yeah, time, on top, on top of the physical, you know, on, on top of the physical toll that you're talking about, there's there's constantly a mental toll of wanting to please and provide to people. Yes, yeah, Steve, I see you. Steve, no, 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 I see no. you I, have your hand raised. I'm what do you, what do you have to say? Because I know I'm on a little bit of a delay here that we just cannot seem to figure out the Internet over here. But look, 
Um, there is this mentality, unfortunately, with patrons. Like, you have your good patrons, you have your bad ones, you have your great regulars, you have the people you hate to see. But unfortunately, the one common vein um, that you will see with, uh, you know, restaurant patrons that you enjoy having in your bar and the ones that you don't is this idea of do they look at you that you are the help? You know, that you are in some way... Uh, you are service lesser. You are lesser than you are illegitimate. This is not yeah. a profession, you know, and it, it's so frustrating because, you know, um, I've, I've done and felt the exact same way as you, Zach. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. I have a law degree. What, what, what shit fucking punk ass yeah. liberal arts Steve, school. quit bringing up your law degree. <laughs> Steve, the only bar you've ever passed is the one you walk behind <laughs> to start your shift. So I don't want to hear about your law degree anymore. Suck a, okay. Suck a fucking cunt. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, my point oh, being, my point being is. We this when we first ever started the show, the comment came up a lot of times. Is is this all you do? Right? You'll hear things like that. Um, yeah. Or what's your other job? And yeah, it, it seems a lot. yeah, it seems so uh, that there is just such a lack of self awareness where you want to look at that person and be like, where are you right now? You're here at my establishment, enjoying yourself, being fulfilled with food or drink or community or time spent with your family. And that would not be available to you if I was not fucking working, okay? So is this important to you? Is this uh, atmosphere, is this space important to you? There need to be people to work that. And um, unfortunately, it's just, it's, uh, it's been... It's been classed in a lot of ways. If you work in hospitality, yep. if you work in service, you are the help. And that is something that, that we hope to change on the show and give people a better guide there and hopefully build a little bit more um, thoughtful relationships between our patrons and, and the people serving them. Well, so that's why I have this idea. I've had it for a while. If I was somehow able to be in charge of this country, I would make it kind of like, you know, how Israel has mandatory military service after high school. I might be one year mandatory hospitality after high school before you get to go to college. So you'll learn humility. <laughs> You're going to get your balls yeah. broken. You're going to get people treating you like shit. But, and also during that year, you can actually think of what you really want to do with your life instead of just going through the motions and all of a sudden just going to college for what the fuck ever. Like, yeah. I, I, think I think it would, would give people one year mandatory hospitality. I think it would give people a lot of important perspective because I'll tell you, I've been more thoughtful about what I want in my life when I've been uh, prepping food in the back, just cutting the same thing over and over again for an hour than I've ever been thoughtful. I, it's like a moment of, uh, uh, you know, that, that mindless work that you do, like rolling silverware or like folding pizza boxes. It's like its own uh, little version of meditation. So I do think it would be helpful for people and it would give them some better perspective. Um, did you have any other ones for the misconceptions? Because that's an awesome no, one we harken on all the time. Let's go to number two. Let's go to number two. Best and worst tips. And as Mike mentioned, this doesn't need to be monetary. It can be something that a guest likes right. with you. You know, a moment of wisdom or just something sentimental. Okay. Um, well, so to start with, one thing that always comes to mind when I'm talking about tips and stuff like that, there was a gentleman that came in to Oddbirds one time. I'm not going to say his name, but he was a great guy. He had never been in before. He kind of wanted to check the place out before he brought his wife or his friends or whatever. And it was just me because it was a tiny little bar 
couple bars, a shotgun bar, maybe 12 seats. That's it. So he came in and he just told me he really enjoys um, cognac. So I made a, I don't know, kind of like a spin on a weird old fashioned with for him. He loved it and he gave me a hundred dollar bill and I was like, dude, it's only twelve dollars. He's like, no, that's for you. He's like, and he ended up having like six of them. He kept giving me a lot of money. I was like, dude. So at the end, I gave him most of the money back. I was like, I, you know, that was like insanely kind of you, but you're paying me too much. And he took that in a really nice way. He's like, that's very humble of you. Very, you know, thank you for that. But you can still have it. I was like, no, man, like, keep your money. Like, you tipped me enough. And then the best part about this situation is he started coming in regularly. Met one of my other, um, another bartender at the bar. We both got along with him very well. And one time he called and he was like, you need to come to the bar because I have something for you. I said, okay. We showed up and he had a bottle of Hennessy Ellipse. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hennessy Ellipse. No, I'm not. So it's a, it's a Hennessy product, but it's made with seven, I think it's seven or maybe eight, I believe seven different kinds of cognac. And like one of the oldest ones is from like, like the medieval times, like one of the parts of it. This bottle is made out of brickrack crystal and it goes for like $2,800 a shot, like a one-ounce pour. Wow. But he just started pouring it out for us, like letting us taste it. He even gave it to like other random guests he had never met. He was like kind of paying it forward, like, because I was like trying to be humble with him. I was like, I mean, like, you can have, like, I took a little bit of this money, but you take the rest back. Like, paid me too much. And he's like, well, that was very kind of you. So he paid and, back. And he, and he still tried to give it back to you after that, yeah. too. And he ended up taking us out to dinner one night to a really, really fancy place where we drank more Hennessy Ellipse. It was what definitely awesome. That guy will always be one of my favorite patrons I've ever had. I love that. And I, I, you know, we, we, Steve and I, you know, we, we, we like to always, you know, try and be humorous and stuff, even even though we fail all the time. But (laughs) I think, I I think that uh, a lot of the times we get to a point on the show where I feel like so many people who work in hospitality and especially people who choose to work in hospitality and the people that are coming in there, there's a sense of community that I think that we're, that we've lost in, in, in the modern age. And I feel like the bars, you know, if, if you're not a church goer, the bars are one of the places that you can go and you can get that. And, and I feel like you and that guy found a real, like a genuine human connection with one another, want, yeah. wanting to, wanting to, to benefit the other, but both still being humble and not wanting to, to take from one another. And it turned into, from what it sounds like, a, a really beautiful, you know, relationship and a connection. It's so cool yeah, that a cash tip, cash tip turned into an experience. That's what I love, right? Is yeah, that, and that's what Mike's sure. kind of like uh, alluding to is, yeah, he tipped you big. Yeah, you were the humble bartender that said, this is too much. And I've been there too. I'm like, this is just, man, I made you one drink. Come on. You're being ridiculous, yeah. right? And sure, I've had those people come back and maybe they even tip good another time, but the cool thing about this story is that it leads to an experience. I've never even heard of Hennessy Ellipse. You've gotten to taste it because of this guy, and 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 you've had the, that experience. And I think that that's real. That's what's so cool about connecting with somebody and them not looking at you as just a service industry employee. Them saying this is somebody that 
uh, is their own unique person with a unique personality, and I want to share this with them. And I think that that's really yeah. cool. That's and where was, the relationships are very special. Yeah, I mean, we became friends through all that. One of the only things I got to say that is the the juxtaposition of that situation with the Hennessy was I had been working so hard and saving up so much or what I thought was so much money or enough money to move to Colombia, which is, I think I saved up like four grand. And right. all of a sudden in one day I consumed like $26,000 of Hennessy. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck did I just do? I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this makes no sense to me. <laughs> you're having, you're like, having a moment where I, your brain is fighting itself. Yeah, like, like, ah! I could not fathom what was happening. Oh God. What were you How thinking? Like I, sh- I should have poured a couple of those yeah. shots <laughs> and, into like a zip, the, zip on the blue back. market. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost like scared to transition to the next question because as, as you say yeah. that, I think that that question number three, worst drink orders, has now taken on its own meaning. Like, is it a bad drink order if it's my seventh shot of twenty eight hundred dollar Hennessy? Like, <laughs> is it good? Is it bad? Like, oh, I'm grappling. No, not, not, a, not a, not if somebody else is paying. All right, <laughs> then it's just Fair a good enough, shot. <laughs> but you have to be thinking, like, man, I could have put somebody through a year of college. <laughs> um, no, seriously, right. that's a blue mind. Number, number three, though, worst drink orders. Now, these, look, these can be drinks that another bartender made for you where you're just sitting there saying, like, what the fuck? I ordered an old-fashioned, and this is not an old-fashioned. Or it could be just Yeah, where drinks. am I, Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Carl and Joel. Or, sorry, Carl and Matt Rangel. Um, but this can also be drinks you just really don't enjoy making or they skeeve you out. There's a cringe drink. Um, that sort of thing. Okay, so I absolutely despise making sangria. Interesting. I fucking hate it. And you probably I get a lot, why. right? Tourists it's down in Florida. It's not that difficult. I but just it's, don't like it's, to do it. It's because of what Joel says that you have to pre-batch it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't even use the word pre in front of Joel. <laughs> wow, you pre know. Pre-batch. He's going to have an aneurysm when he listens to this. <laughs> I'm still coughing. I'm sorry. Pre-batch, pre-batch, yeah, pre-batch, I pre-batch. I did, that, I, did that special, oh, I did that special for Joel. <laughs> but um yeah i don't know why i just really do not enjoy making a sangria because everybody expects it to be like oh this is not as juicy as the last one i had like at this bar called sangrias and like dude go back to that bar <laughs> <laughs> so are you are you talking about making the drink for the customer or are you talking yeah, about I making the sangria it. beforehand oh uh, no we don't patch anything we just do it Okay, so no, I thought sangria typically had to kind of like marinate a little bit. Am I wrong? He usually should, yeah, but yeah, we don't make that many, so it's just like, uh, like you know, it's not going to hold for that long if you batch it. So therefore, but sometimes when you make one sangria, all of a sudden the ladies' table all wants sangria. God damn. Yeah. Same <laughs> yeah, with the, the mojito martinis, effect. Another yeah. one that I don't. That dude, the mojito martinis just drive me nuts, like, dude. The espresso martini is having a moment, by the way. I don't know what has happened. I don't know what has happened in the last year, but that particular cocktail has exploded, man. There's something going on with that particular drink. I mean, it was always something that I I saw out, especially at like, you know, I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the term very loosely. A decent cocktail bar. I'm gonna use that very loosely, right? Um, Or like. You know, or or like a place where you feel like you could get a classic cocktail. Um, but all of a sudden, man, 
it just feels like that drink is the staple of every menu. I mean, it's on every single menu, every place I go. And I don't know where that, when that happened. It's, 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 it's for memes. I mean, you see it on movers and shakers all the fucking time. That's my old roommate. What for movers and shakers? Yeah, that's my old roommate. I was right, there fucking, when we started that business. All right, get us linked up. We need some fucking exposure, okay? So Yeah, I will. <laughs> Nick, yeah, man, he's such a good dude. Make I just remember the first day that he was working on it. <laughs> but yeah, he made like the first two pins. He's like, dude, check out this business I'm going to do. I'm like, Psh, good luck. And now I'm like, God damn it, I should have invested. What the fuck? <laughs> you guys haven't had a bartender in like years. <laughs> well, so, so those drinks, though, uh, when you say you don't, you know, their worst drink orders. It seems more like the relationship with the customer, right? Like, you know, I haven't batched this or I haven't pre-batched this, right? And um, now I got to make it from scratch and you seem upset because it's not exactly how it was the first time and now 17 other people are ordering it. But is there a drink that you're almost, you know, I think we need to ask this more to our guests. Is there a drink that you're skeptical to order when you're out? I'll give you an example. I am so scared at all times to order a dirty martini. I don't trust most bartenders to make it. I just don't, man. And I love it, but I just will. I almost won't order it because I, I'll get that feeling like you don't know what you're doing, you know. And you, yeah, you, is there something like that for you? I mean, I see that too because anytime that I order, or it's gotten to the point whenever I order, because I love dirty martinis as well, but I end up accidentally. I don't know if there's just me but i always have to be like with gin like even though i shouldn't have to say that yeah because half the fucking times i've ordered one in the past few years it's vodka i'm like dude this is not a martini this is a martini. yeah well tell tell that to james bond okay well you know yeah, no that's a vesper <laughs> yes it is yes it is it's funny we were yeah, in the books in the books it was vesper martinis never had shaken like yeah, it's funny because yeah. we were just drinking Vespers tonight, Mike. That was the drink when I got when I so, showed up. Wait, wait, wait. you got to educate me. So, so uh, Zach, you and I have talked a lot about your experience, but I've been out of the uh, service industry for over seven years now. Um, whenever I was working, one of the main places I worked for a while, I, I was doing all the martinis. It was like kind of a casual fine dining place. But uh, explain exactly the difference between a, a martini and a Vesper because I, I'm I'm curious. Vesper is like. Two gin, one vodka, half the leg. Start. But I thought I thought it was James Bond was a vodka martini. No, that's when they started doing the movies. I don't know when that came in, but it, like in Ian Fleming's books, it always started as Vespers. Yeah, that was oh, okay. Okay, I, I I see what you're saying. Okay, I just I wanted to clarify because yeah. there's also we we also have a lot of people who listen to the show. Uh, shout out Taylor, uh, who are not bartenders but still enjoy the stories in the background. They like going out to bars, so I like uh, I appreciate not having knowledge about the service industry because I want to make sure that I clarify and ask those questions to clarify. So. I also hope that that's how I make my best friend. I mean, I'm sure everybody has like a different way to do it, but I know those are the three parts of gin, vodka, and like. But I agree. I drink whenever, whenever I order a dirty martini, I expect gin and I tell them gin. Yeah. And then you kind of feel like an asshole, right? Cause are like, that's what gin, right? And like, well, duh, it's a martini. I'm like, well, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> to be fair. I always kind of feel like an asshole, but I don't mind. I don't mind asking for so gin in my martini. <laughs> my, my, my thing personally. And as, and again, we've been talking a lot about this on just like probably the last six to 10 episodes. I've trained a lot of brand new baby bartenders in the last year. 
And when it comes to martinis, I always tell people, you need, as a bartender, you need to ask three questions, right? Yeah. Gin or vodka, question number one. Dry or not, right? Am I putting dry vermouth in it or not? Because some some people will tell you their drink order, especially martini drinkers, with great detail, right? They're going to tell you, oh, I want you to put the dry vermouth in the the glass and swish it around and pour it out and just so swirl it around right, a little all bit. Kinds yeah. of, all kinds of very specific eccentricities that they have about their cocktail. So I always ask, is it number one? Vodka or gin. Number two, dry or not. Number three, is it going to be dirty? Um, and then if you want to get... Number four, here's the here's the three questions that Steve no, asks. I think the so standard, question number four. No, I think the standard is to serve it up, right? It is to serve it chilling Yeah, up, up or on the rocks. But you can ask up or on the rocks. Again, usually rocks drinkers are going to be aggressive about telling you that. Um, but when you're saying that you end yeah, up because they they want it they want it in a manly glass. Yeah, exactly. That's it's gotta be for men. <laughs> right. But Zach, when you're saying you you've had a martini where you end up and with vodka in your glass and you're drinking, you're like, what the fuck? That is a red flag to me. Like if I order the drink, right? I mean and and I'm at a bar where I can see the gin and I'll tell them the gin, right? If they don't ask me and I can't see that gin, I'm going to be like, nah, I'm going to order something else. Because that, that to me is a red flag yeah. that you're already going to fuck this up. And, and and or because you're not asking the right questions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm not even putting, I'm not even like vilifying that person. I'm just saying like you're not asking me, the patron, the right questions for this drink. And that is concerning to me. I'll order something else. No harm, no foul. I just don't want you to make me a vodka martini right now. Yeah. Dude, and there's another thing about martinis. I remember, like, when I was very green to the industry, making, like, one of my first martinis or some shit. I don't know why the wording for extra dry just means no dry removed. Like, I know. It's confusing. It didn't make sense to me the first time I made it because I, like, was, like, extra dry, so you want me to, like, be more dry or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's just where my brain went. And then the other bartender was like, whoa, what are, what are you doing? They want an extra dry. And so. What the fuck? They're like, that's just booze. <laughs> Why? What are they? Okay. Confused. Why are they naming this? We should just change the name of the uh, uh, driver mood to just green. Can I get more yeah. green vermouth? Do you, <laughs> you, know? do you just want all booze in a glass that's chilled? Perfect. Correct. That is what I want. Yes. Shake it. Shake it, you bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, any other worst drinks before you move on to mistakes and fuck ups? So, like, worst drink that I've ever ordered. It was actually a fun drink, but it was, it was trouble, dude. Like, when I lived in Buenos Aires, after shift, we'd always go get a nightcap at, like, 2.30 in the morning at this Venezuelan bar where a great friend of mine worked. And she would always give us this one drink that she called, like, I don't know, pretty much translates to, like, the get ready, this is for Venezuela. Okay. And it was pretty much, imagine, a Long Island without like any citrus or cola or anything ice nothing <laughs> just and they all the light clears. it on fire and give you a plastic straw while it's on fire and the straw starts burning up and you have to like pound the whole thing through a straw in a rocks glass <laughs> it's like four and a half wait. ounces of fucking booze wait what that's it i don't know why we did that but that was like our nightcap in argentina i 
Don't ask me fucking why. Isn't but that plastic was the worst a carcinogen? Ever, but it would make you have the most fun ever. <laughs> so, but you, you at some point you're just in you're drinking and you're inhaling. Fired. Yeah, like dude, <laughs> just fire gets in burning your, plastic. Drink this dude, fire, gets, bitch. Yeah, you're drinking burning plastic. It like gets in your throat and shit. And everything's Christ. all hot and it goes, burns all the way down. And you're like, what the fuck did I just do to myself? I'll have one more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That is the that is why. Yeah, so that would be my question. least favorite drink, but still, for a fun time. It'll get you there really quick. This, Steve, do you think they'll put that one on the uh, the DOS cocktail menu? No. <laughs> this is to Venezuela, though. No, I can already tell you. This entire show is to Venezuela. Um, <laughs> all right. Number four, mistakes and fuck-ups. Now, these could be yours or your coworkers, okay? Um, we'll, I'll let you be the judge of which direction you want to go. Yeah. Uh, they, could also, they could also be other bartenders and servers that you've seen out in the sure wild, can. too. Okay. Well, oh man, I'm going to start with one of my own, like the biggest fuck up that I've ever had in this industry, especially as a bartender. I'm not going to name where I was, but I was working a brunch shift and I don't know if I did this or the bar back did this, but somehow the grenadine and the red wine cheater, because we had like a red wine floater for one of the cocktails, somehow they got mixed up. And I made like 13 fucking Shirley Temples with red wine floaters for kids. (laughs) (laughs) For kids, dude. What the fuck? I felt like such an asshole when I figured I was like, why is this so thin? Like this gravy. I ended up putting some in a shot glass after I made like 13. I was like, oh my God, that's red wine. (laughs) These kids are going to get drunk. They're going to get on the trolley. They're going to throw up everywhere. <laughs> no, the, I'm sure the kids loved it. They're like, well, we need another. Yeah, we need we another couple fun. rounds. <laughs> We're having a lot more fun now. I need I need that next Shirley Temple on the rocks, please. <laughs> when you just mentioned Dude, the trolley, yeah. I started oh, thinking God, of that. Oh, my God. That was so embarrassing. Yeah, I started thinking of that scene from Sandlot where they're all eating the big the the pig chief. It's the best, yeah. you know? And then they get on the <laughs> tilt world and it's like tequila, you know? Uh, all of a sudden I'm, I'm imagining all these kids, uh, drunk on wine, Shirley temples, fucking throwing up on the trolley. That was my bad. I think you guys, (laughs) that was my bad. bad. Oops. And also like, I can't blame the bar back because I might've been the one who actually mixed them up. I don't know. It was like early in the morning and I was tired. They're both red, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, those, Sorry, I got your those kids, those kids were too. Shortly <laughs> after that, uh, I'm that sure brunch, I'm sure. <laughs> Can I tell you, Zach, right now? I forgive you. You know, I just I feel terrible because you you ruined Shirley Temples for those kids. Every place that they went to after that, and they're like, "Yeah, mom, I want a Shirley Temple." They're like, "This isn't the same. It just doesn't. It's it's it it, it oh, just doesn't you, feel oh, the you same." Meant, you know, you meant you meant he ruined Shirley Temples because they liked his better. Is that what you meant? That is yeah, not where absolutely. I had. That is yeah. not where I thought your comment was going. I yeah, they're was- like, you know, this one tastes a little different, but I feel really good. You know, this is pretty nice. <laughs> you're like, oh, I feel good, but my stomach feels funny. That's and you're like bad. on the bumpy streets of Tallahassee or St. Oh. Augustine, and bumping around. So a little bit. <laughs> That's pretty good. up. Any other mistakes <laughs> or fuck ups before we move on to one of our favorite categories? Um. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, here is an ultimate fuck up. It's kind of. I don't think it was my fault. I blamed the other kid that I was training. This is in Buenos Aires because I was working in this. It's like one of the biggest party hostels in all the Americas. I lived there for like seven months in a dorm room, just bartending and teaching. 
But this kid came from, I believe he's Israeli. He was trying to learn how to shake tins. And I showed him how to like double shake. And I was like, just be careful. Like you're kind of close to your face when you're doing this. His first attempts, dude, not just fucking teeth. Like what? Out. What? Out. Yeah. Come on, man. No, come on. Stop. He just cracked himself right in the fucking jaw. Dude, I literally just told you not to do that. See, here's here's my theory on that. Because you told him not to do that, that's exactly why he did that. Because how do how do you hit yourself in the face with something you're shaking? I, I mean, don't know. Come no on. Idea. I was like, didn't you just get out of the military and obviously you can't <laughs> shake a tin, but you can use a gun? Like, come on. Hold on, hold on, Mike. Can you do those hand gestures again? Perfect. Yeah, Thank you. That's, that's what we're looking I just for. Want to make sure I got a picture of that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. I'm sorry, but how do you, how do you hit your? Uh, I've never heard that before. I who the fuck? Who hits himself in the face with a tip? Clearly, this gentleman did not have the, the physical self awareness to oh, understand he where his behind bar, where his ever. hand was shaking a metal yeah, tin near like, his face. Ow. <laughs> and it was the glass part of the tin because we had like you know original Boston shit. And, and I'm sure you so looked like at it. Last two is, and I sure I'm sure you looked at like, it and you dude, said, "Welcome to least, the ser- welcome to the service business. We yeah. don't we we don't have medical dental vision here." <laughs> well, I mean, it had it had it not been Argentina, I would have said that. But in Argentina, everything is free, even as a like somebody that's just living there. I was illegal. It's kind of like a side rant, real quick. But in that same hostel, I had started probably three weeks prior, and. We had like an employee party and I got wasted. Like I was sitting on the second bunk in my dorm room with all the other like, you know, international employees. You pretty much just bartend for a free place to stay. I climbed in my bunk, I guess. I don't remember. Apparently I fell out and I cracked my head open on the tile floor. I thought, you were gonna, I thought you were going to say on a shaker tin. Go on, I'm oh, sorry. No, not a shaker tin. <laughs> it was but just sitting I there. knocked myself out, and it, was, it split my head from like the beginning of my eyebrow, like in the middle of your head, all the way down to here. Oh, Jesus. And there was blood everywhere. I was unconscious, and like a pool of blood that was probably like two and a half feet in diameter. And finally, somebody woke up in the room, and they like flipped the light on, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then they called... I can't remember what the number is. It was like they're 911. And I was like all of a sudden standing up and pissing on somebody's clothes in the corner. I had no idea what was going on. And I woke up again in the ambulance getting oxygen. And they like put all the goop in my like cut. It went mm-hmm. all the way to my skull. And I thought I was at a club because the ambulance sounds are so different <laughs> in the U.S. And I was like, Come dude, on. I just kept like, Removing the option, I was like, turn it up. And I was like, turn it up, bro. <laughs> and then, dude, I get to the. Give me one of the fire <laughs> shots. The Make sure you bring the straw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to the hospital, and I, my Spanish was not as good as it is now, then. So I brought the girl that found me in the room, brought her with me. To, she's from Mexico, so she was like, going to translate. And it's like a public hospital. I had no idea where I was, and I kept, like, coming to you. I came to you in a CAT scan machine, like, lift my head up and bust it open again, like, blood all over that machine. So, oh, Jesus. So I had to do another one after they cleaned it. 
And then they were like looking at my casket. They had all these doctors in there. And they're like, man, like something is wrong here. Like your brain looks fine, but your eyes are telling us something totally different. I was like, oh God, is that bad? And like, yeah, this is bad. Your eyes show us what's happening in your brain. It's like, oh man. And this young doctor who's so, so attractive. She's like, like, are you, are you a Gemini? Uh, <laughs> God, I'm I'm like, no, I'm an Aries. Get out of my way. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I was just like, no. And she's like, wait, did you do any drugs? I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I took some ecstasy. And she's like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Turn so they, it up. Yeah, then they stitched me up. And then I was like, well, I had like a credit card, my passport. And I was like, I haven't even signed any paper yet. I don't know. How do I? Hey, you guys, like, how do I get out of here? And this nurse is like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know. I'm trying to pay. She's like, why would you pay? It's all free here. It's like, wow. Well, I don't, okay. Like, well, how do I get home? And she's like, oh, you get free taxi service back to wherever you came from. Like, wow. Well, okay. And this is in it Argentina. Was, was That's yeah. quite a tangent. I love that, that wild, though. Uh, this is in 2013. All right, let's I can't. Put, if let's every, put every time, hot doctor. Yeah, yeah, dude. She was so hot. I tried to ask her on a date, apparently, and she's like, "No." You're, you're like, I know this great. I know this great club. Yeah, it's really close by. Want... They they've got free oxygen on tap. Let me tell you. Dude, or we can go to the Venezuelan place, get this really cool shot out of straw and fire. Dude, there's this song that the DJ plays. It sounds like we 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 we. I know. I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to to pull over for an ambulance from here on out without thinking of some guy laying in the back being like, yeah, turn it up, man. <laughs> that is Dude, hilarious. Is so b- before we move on to the next category, I do have to ask, when when that kid knocked his teeth out, yeah, it I mean, yeah, but like he had to start bleeding and stuff a oh, bit, yeah, right? So, I mean, he, but did, he, did he work the rest of his shift? Oh, hell no. I was like, dude, you just got to call this number and this place will come pick you up and play Yeah, don't cool worry. Music. It's free. You probably looked at it. You probably looked at it and you're like. play really cool music. Yeah. Yeah. You looked at it and you're like, dude, you're going to love. You're gonna, it's a mobile club. Yes. You're going to love this. Get get your, you know what? Change into your best party outfit because it's going to be a ride in the hospital. And there's this hot girl there. Oh, yeah, man, there's day. this hot doctor. <laughs> All right. Number- <laughs> Shit. All right, question number five. Health code violations. I don't know, like bleeding on the CAT scan machine. That kind of thing. Yeah, we're, yeah, ser- we're yeah, serving yeah, a bunch my, of minors uh, red wine, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, it's, this like, isn't communion, this is okay? <laughs> Health code violations. Know, Tell us see, about I mean, what you've witnessed, what you've seen. And so make sure, sorry, I, and I hate to interrupt you. Make oh, sure, make sure you protect the innocent. Oh, I know. And I the guilty. You. I got you. Especially so, the guilty. I'm not going to say where I was working, but it was not in this country. But there was a time I was managing a bar, and all of a sudden, definitely like the main line under the place ruptured. Like the water sudden, line? Yeah. Okay. And all of a sudden, all the drains started lifting out jardia, like shit water, to where the kitchen was a full step down from the bar. Oh, no. There was like two and a half inches at least of jardia, like fucking shit. And 
at this place, the managers are very young and they have no idea what they're doing. They had never been in hospitality before. They were just gifted this thing. And the guy who actually owned it, like, let me go in and do my thing. But it was like a Friday night, or about to be a Friday night. And there's like, the kitchen staff was looking at me like, dude, look at this. And they're all wearing Crocs and shit. I'm like, dude, you guys get the fuck out of here. Oh, God. And I went to the managers and like, yo, this is bad. And they're just like, yeah, I know, but we can't close. We need the money. I'm like, you, you don't understand. I'm like, this is like not just about making money. This is bad, bad. Like, this is one of the worst things I've seen. And they're just like, no, they have to keep working. I was like, are you serious? I was like, but we have to turn the water line off. There, that means there's no water in the kitchen. There's no water behind the bar. And you have to turn off all your toilets and like, why, like close it down, shut it down until I get fit or until they fix it. And they're just like, no, we're staying open. It's like, that's bullshit. And that started this whole like, oh man, then I fought them tooth and nail forever. Cause I was like, you cannot expect people to cook food in this thing and then serve it. To guess, like, yeah, they're standing so in sh- they're disgusting. standing in shit water, cooking food. What what kind of food was it? Just in uh, general, it was, like, not, it was like fine dining for Columbia. Oh my god, yeah. that somehow that makes it even worse. <laughs> it does. I just wish it was like taco meat. Yeah, exactly. It is way worse. Somebody's like, you know what? I'd, I'd, this was so delicious. I want you to. I want to meet the chef. Please bring him out. It's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we can't because like the bottom two, you know, feet of well, his pants are covered in shit. Not, water. Only, yeah. not only that. Charlie, yeah. Not only that. I'm also visualizing if you've ever been to a fine dining restaurant when your server comes out to the table. Let me tell you about our specials today. We have a pickled yeah. herring crusted with blah 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 and shit. basmati <laughs> rice and and of course the chef. Stood in shit while he cooked it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not really quickly. That's like an eight-hour chef. They're having to stand in shit. Eight. This, this eight was an eight-hour shit brisket. Yeah, <laughs> this happened at like two in the afternoon. We closed at midnight. So. Oh my god! Oh, like we closed the kitchen at ten, but they kept making them do this, and I'm like, dude, you guys are fucked. Like this is. I, so I think you've officially nasty. like taken this category. This is the worst one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had anything that even yeah. comes close well, to this. That's what created the end of that. But I'll get in that in question time. Right, but how? how yeah, okay. that was the worst. How long did this go on? Like, was it know, just the one shift, or was this? Resolved? Yeah, it was the one shift. Then it it was resolved, but that, God, it should have just closed down, man. Like, yeah. What the fuck? God. God bless those cooks, man. God bless them. That yeah, is, dude, I mean, the, the fact that they didn't all just forget, walk out. Don't even forget to bring this up because there's more to the story, but I'm going to wait till question 10. You're better at this than this we is, are. I'll tell you what, the professional radio tease has been sunk into you. And I understand you've been doing it since the drink. And you've been teasing question 10. I cannot wait till we get there right now. We're about halfway through the gauntlet. We're going to take a little halftime break and we will be right back. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, 
The CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. All right, we're back, people. Yeah, I ate a uh, ladies' diet Luna bar. It was delicious. I need a little snack during this gauntlet. I got a few. I've been eating gummy bears. What, what, oh. what makes what makes it a ladies' Luna bar? Does it say it on the package? This is know. for ladies. I don't know. It says uh, women's diet. Gummy bears. It's, it's delicious. Regardless, I love gummy bears too. I wish I had some Haribo right now. Mike, don't distract me from what we need to talk about. And what we need to talk about is how Mike took a bunch of different little bits of audio that I said about a bunch of different random things, and he cut them together like a kindergarten collage, and he made it sound like I called my mother a see you next Tuesday. And that offended me. And so for any of you listens, listeners out there that may have heard that, let me set the record straight It's right like now. three of them. I love my mother. She's a saint. She's potentially coming on for episode 50. Uh-oh. There's a little tease there. Um, but look, you can't believe all of the audio that Mike puts out. That's the good rule of thumb here. PBR is delicious. It's America's best. And you cannot believe everything that Mike puts out. Okay. Um, well, here's, here's the thing. There's only like three people who got that. But basically what happened is on one of the recordings, Steve left his microphone going for 20 minutes when no, no one else was recording. And for the true fans out there, we like to leave a little uh, button at the very end of the episode after all the credits to get you to listen through. And uh, I didn't know what to do with it. So I cut it all together and I made it sound like Steve uh, loves taking it up the ass for the customers. You know, got to see daddy rip that shit in half. And uh, honestly, Steve, to be fair, and also Mrs. Haley, because I've met you and I respect you and I love you. Um, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't help myself. It was just too tempting. And uh, I know it was out of line, but yeah. I, what's tough I, is, I, I, what, for me, it was worth it. What's tough is I've, if I am going to take it up the ass, daddy better rip it out, you know, but I, I, look, <laughs> I, I, I care less about my credibility and my, you know, and, and my image. I care more about the sanctity of my beautiful mother you son of a bitch okay i have to say this before i posted that shit which if if, if you even know what we're talking about one you follow us on instagram or two you subscribe to the patreon and i text steve before i ever released that and he said yeah yeah leave it all in so i remember that you, steve. My i remember hands that are that was me my <laughs> hands there. are washed clean nope my hands are washed i wasn't clean. there that never happened yep. mike's a like liar I said, they were your words mike's not a liar mine, okay Mike's a liar. Let's move on, okay, because I feel us getting bogged down right now. Uh, Zach, before we get into the second half of the gauntlet, and I, I can already tell from the first half and from the things you've teased to us that you have to share tonight, the second half is going to be a juicy, juicy cut of gauntlet. Um, like a fresh filet mignon, um, but I yeah, do have or a, a fresh a fresh stream of Jardia running yeah. through the kitchen. Well, no, one of my stories does involve juice. So uh, you guys are there almost, it is. There it you is. You guys are on your way. But before I jump into question number six here, I do have a uh, separate but just as important inquiry for you: um, ranch or blue cheese, Zach? Blue cheese, bro, all day. There it Fuck is. Yeah, you I know mean, what? We we should have assumed that. Let's not even slow down here. Let's just keep it moving. You're a good man. 
and <laughs> I appreciate you. Wait, are you ranch, Steve? No, I'm a blue cheese man. Look, I'm not. We're gonna, both. This is a blue cheese podcast. I'm all not the way. a monster. Look, look at the color of my microphone. I mean, come on. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I enjoy ranch as well, but but. Um, we are trying to weed out and eradicate the ranch onlys. Okay, these oh ranch God. onlys yeah. are, are are a are a bad breed. I'll drink a ranch water all day. I just don't <laughs> want ranches and dressing. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. Question number six, my friend, ratchet and crazy customers. Now we have expanded this category from those that behave badly to something more complex than that. Mike, explain to him what he can also answer here. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we want to hear the stories about the ratchet and crazy customers. Steve and I have both been one from time to time. But uh, this we've also expanded this to memorable customers. You brought up the one with the, uh, pardon me, uh, not the Remy. Fuck, please refresh my memory. Uh, the Hennessy Ellipse. The, the so that was a memorable customer. That's somebody that wasn't ratchet or crazy. Oh, I but where you're, you're going with this. Yeah. I know what you mean. Impactful customers. All right, so check this out. Imagine <laughs> that's, that's always scary. New Year's Eve in a tiny shotgun bar, St. Augustine, and it's packed, completely packed. It's you know supposed to fit, you know, twelve seats, so maybe twenty-five people could actually fit in the bar. Nope, there is so fucking many people. Everybody's, you know, waving money in the air and shit that trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. You know, piece of shit. You're talking fire code violation kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's Zach, New Year's Eve, though. You know, whatever. Zach, Zach, listen. If this was the, um, you know, if this was like the local church flea market and you were guessing how many M&Ms were in the mason jar, like, <laughs> dude, give me, a, give me a number. I got that right one time and got free prom tickets or free homecoming tickets in high school. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, put that, put that same guesser to work. How many people do we think were I would say... Like on the in the inside of the bar, because we also had a patio. But I would say in total, there's a hundred people inside of the bar. There should have only been up to like twenty for it to be comfortable. So one Christ. bathroom all the way in the back. I would say there's at least fifty people in the interior of the bar. And there's one bathroom. You might say everybody's like trying to like part the Red Sea, like fucking Moses and shit. <laughs> just to take trying it, to get to the bathroom. Yeah. But anyway, so my parent, like, I'm at the well towards, like, the closest towards the bathroom. And my parents are sitting in front of me. And there's one stool that somehow magically opened up for this horrid fucking woman. And she is, like, trying to order food. And she wanted guacamole. I'm like, okay, give me just a second. I'm finishing up these cocktails. And then I got you. I'll put it right in. And she's like, well, can you do it right now? I'm like. As soon as I know these cocktails, like we're very busy. It's New Year's Eve. There's three of us and there's like, you know, a fucking horde of people in front of me. Deal with it. But so finished those couple cocktails. And I was like, oh, so you want a guacamole? You need a drink as well? She's like, no, I just need guacamole. I was like, okay. Put in guacamole. Not even five minutes later, I'm making a bunch more cocktails. And she's like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I was like, yes here what can i do for you she's like where's the guacamole that i ordered did you put it in i was like yeah put it in the kitchen's also very busy there's a lot of people here and there's also we share a kitchen with the front restaurant so 
you know, you're just going to have to be patient. I'm sorry, it's New Year's Eve. It's just extremely busy. Two minutes after that, she's like, seriously, where the fuck is the guacamole? <laughs> and it's like, you know what? And she's like, can you go check on it? And I was like, for me to get to the kitchen, I have to exit the bar, like, to my side. Are you explaining this to her? No, I'm just explaining to you okay, guys. Okay, I, I just wanted to I was like, you know that. what? Sure. I was like, let me stop everything that I'm doing. And I announced to the bar, I paused to me. I was like, everybody, I apologize. However, I'm going to have to leave for a minute to go to the kitchen to check on this woman's guacamole. Oh, my God. Because I was calling her out because she's being a bitch. So Good for you, dude. I that's, left, that's and I was weird. like, everybody, I was like, can you please get out of the way? I was like, I really need to check on this fucking guacamole. <laughs> so I make it out of the entire building. You have to re-enter the building. And then you're in the kitchen, and it's like eight tickets behind everything else. And I was like, fuck it. So I made it myself. Put in, there. we had like a little window to put the food in for the bar from the kitchen so i put it in the window and i walked all the way around like, excuse me everybody again and the music is still off and <laughs> i got everybody off. just like looking at this woman and my mom was just like <laughs> not having it and then i get back to my area of the bar open the window pull the guacamole give it to her and she's like is this gluten-free Oh my god, no, shut no. up. Yeah, shut I was like, up. what do you mean? No, you're like, fucking no. kidding. She's like, is this gluten-free? I was like, what the fuck does that... Of course it's gluten I was like, it's avocado, onion, tomato, cilantro, lime juice. Like, the chips are chips, but like you deal with that. She's like, no, it's the avocados gluten-free. Like, They're avocados. She's like, well, where do they come from? Like, <laughs> excuse me? And my mom fuck? is just staring at her. It's like, what the fuck? And I was like, Wait, hold on. I got to stop you because you very just uh, nonchalantly mentioned this that your mother is there. Yeah, my mother and my father are sitting right next to her. <laughs> yeah, so that, that you just kind of glossed and, over that? Like, they created me. So you're going to, like, <laughs> my mom was like an old hippie. And my dad was a Marine. So, like, that somehow made this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like but, either so, of them can abide this person's uh, behavior, though. Like dude, the marine or the hippie. Yeah, they both will shut people down if they feel like they need to. But anyway, so this lady was like, "No, seriously, I need you to do a check." I was like, "Why?" She's like, "I need to know if they're from California or from Mexico." Oh my! And I didn't God. want to get into the fucking geographical ideas of history and be like, well, technically California is Mexico. Like, we stole it from Mexico, but whatever. Oh, God damn it, I'm let me, sorry. Let me go check. So I was like, well, once te- again. Technically, like, ma'am. Yeah, I was like, everybody, if you could please move out of my way one more time, I have to find out if these avocados are from Mexico Did you do that? Please tell California. me you did that. Please tell me now, you did, did that. They, so, did they yeah, start booing at this point in time? I smoked like two drags of cigarette instead of actually checking because I knew they were from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I went back you knew, in. You knew the whole time. You didn't even yeah. have to check. God I just was trying you. to entertain this woman just so I could <laughs> fucking make her go crazy. I got to be honest with you. So if I was in that crowd that night, in. this would have been the ultimate performance art. I wouldn't yeah. even care that the it's music like, was off. I would have just been laughing my ass off. And I would have started doing like, the like, I would have started <laughs> doing the like seminal chop at this woman. Asshole. <laughs> asshole. You know, that kind of thing. Oh my God. Yeah, so... When this was all happening, I came back in. She's still sitting there, like, just, you know, pitter-pattering with her fingers, like, she's in a fucking hurry. Uh, this bar that's completely packed out. 
I'm like, all right. And I came back and got behind the bar again. I was like, ma'am, they are actually from Mexico. She's like, well, and pushed in front of her. She's like, I can't eat that. That's not gluten-free. I was like, why? Oh, my God. She's like, because Mexicans inject gluten into avocados to kill white no. And I was like, <laughs> no, what? I know, no, I know exactly she, who this lady voted for. She did first not of all, I was like, did you just? I was like, did you? And my mom was like, what the fuck did you just say? You racist <laughs> piece of no, shit! I say that. And I grabbed the guacamole and just threw it in the trash. Like, get the fuck out of my bar! It's like nobody tops me like that. I'm like, I'm doing it right now. Like, get the fuck out! It's happening. Like, it's actually. I have happening. no time for you. You're you are sitting, taking up space, and you are awful. Just leave. Wow. Like, well, I, I'm going to talk to the manager. I'm like, talk to me right now. Get the fuck out of here. It's like, dude, we don't really Wait, have a manager. Did, we did, all you just... do the, did you do the little spin? Like, oh, yes, I'm the manager. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I didn't do that. I'm How can sure. I help you? I was like, dude, just get out of my bar. And she's like, well, I'm never coming back. I'm like, you're not invited, man. Like, just leave. <laughs> how, do, how, okay, how does we, one we, even inject we, gluten we, into an avocado? I don't know. Like, would they use like a fucking syringe? Be like, man, you I, know what I, I'm gonna do today? I don't know. My mind, my mind sees more of a turkey baster type of situation. Yeah. And <laughs> just, also, right. I'm like, dude, you're in a bar owned by a Mexican. Like, where do you? Think about where See, all the well, that's the point. It's a, it's a, no, like, that, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> that's the point. That motherfucking yep. Mexican mm-hmm. bar owner is importing all the gluten-injected right. avocados. Yes. He's part of the racket. He's part of the cartel. I see where so this is going. Crazy. Yeah, the election was stolen. Was nuts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yo, this is way before that. This was I know. But this is a trope of the show, so we have to ask you, Describe this. Yeah, woman. I need Please to know give us a picture like. Mike beat me to it. Mike beat me to it. Imagine I need to know exactly what this woman looks like. I would like. say five six. Probably five six. I would say she's probably she's very petite. Oh really? Old. I did not have her as petite. She, she is ratchety. Like just imagine, like she's like a rat turned into a woman. <laughs> Like she was just okay. Off. First like, of all, this, this in, is this like, is oh, just insulting no. to rats. First of all, and I don't yeah, appreciate no, it. I so. know. I got more respect for rats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! But man, she was just awful. But yeah, curly, short brown hair, and just what like, do you think her name was? Queen B. What do you think her name? Did she have, gla- did she have it glasses? Was probably fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> did, did did she have glasses on? She did have glasses. Actually. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I figured. I figured she just much. like. Those fucking you know, four eyes, fucking jewelry with a wedding ring that shot out like two inches high off her ring finger. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of here! Wow, nobody wow. cares about your bullshit. Dude. My God, I was like, man, if it wasn't so busy, I would just drop a history lesson on you and tell you about how Mexico was the United States. <laughs> you know, it'd be hilarious because oh. I've done that before. A it bunch would of be times. really funny if she didn't know that she was eating, you know. Uh, Avocados injected with gluten from California all said, these fucking, years. All they, these years. I should have said China and just saw what happened. Oh, yeah, that right. would have been great. Oh, they're they're that from Alaska. Their head would have popped, dude. Santa Claus gave them to us from the North fucking Pole. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. What I love about this category so much is that these are like the people that in the moment you can't stand. And I, bravo. Just applause, golf claps her for literally stopping the music and announcing to the busy bar what's going on. I absolutely love it. There is nothing better. 
there is maybe nothing better in the bartending profession, you know, there, um, than when you get the entire angry mob on your side. It is a uh, special moment when you like get them is. with you against someone else. It is a special, yeah, yeah. special thing, man. You that's when you it, truly feel like the Pied Piper. And people were like clapping and booing her on her way out, and I was like, yeah. Fuck around and find out. Get out of my bar. Right? <laughs> See, but here, here was like, what I was going to say. My business again. I was like, I don't want. These are the people that in the moment we hate, you know, yeah. and I know, I know every bartender and server can relate to this category, but these are some of our favorite people. This is where they, they are redeemed because they do entertain us. They are at, they are the most entertaining people. They they leave us with the best stories. I guarantee when you woke you, up the next fucking... day, January 1st, you and, and, and you and your friends were out at like breakfast or lunch or something. You were like, I got to tell you about this crazy bitch. I gotta tell you about this guacamole cunt. Let me tell you all about it. I was like, yeah, she fucking deserved it. Unbelievable. This fucking guac, this this guac cunt over here. (laughs) Sorry, Mrs. Haley. I know we cuss a lot. We're we're trash. I apologize. I got I got another one for you. I promised her we'd be on our best behavior if she came on the show. She said she'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So same bar, same night, right? No, this is a different night. This is. A couple years after, this is not to get political, but this is like towards the Trump election kind of thing. And, and she she came back to talk oh, no, about the Mexicans. Hell they're no, they're injecting back. her avocados <laughs> with with gluten, and they're Dude, bringing them across the border. It. She's probably this lady that there's a lady that walks around downtown St. Augustine, down like the pedestrian street where like all the shops and shit are, that constantly is waving this giant like. 10 foot fucking Trump flag. It's like election was stolen. Blah, blah. I'm like, dude. And then she gets arrested constantly for disturbing the peace. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> where, where do you work? Where are your children? What are you doing yeah, right now? Exactly. You have nothing better to do, but she looks <laughs> just like the woman that I kicked out. I wonder it's if she the was same, the same woman. It's the same woman. It is. It was. She ate too many uh, avocados filled with, Dude, f- with too much gluten, gluten man. and she lost her mind. That's what happened. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but, but so I, there's a- I ate a lot of uh, I ate a lot of gluten injected avocados, and I am now impervious to COVID. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hash- so here's hashtag another one. QAnon. All right, let's go. <laughs> so closer to the election. There's a gentleman. Actually, he's a, he dresses like a gentleman. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to keep his name out of this. But a class He's hole. probably, I would say, mid-70s. And for being like a history buff that he is, and like apparently a traveler, he is such an asshole and a racist. And I couldn't handle him. Like I'd only been working at this bar for maybe a month, two months. And everybody, I just kept getting offended by this guy. And everybody's like, wait, wait hold on, I gotta stop that. you. I thought, I thought you said that this was the same bar, though. It is the same bar. Yeah. But you had, you had quit, and you had come back and, and no, started no, working again. No, I had been working the whole time. It was just that lady, or sorry, timelines all messed up. I was still working there. This is just the lady was right when I started. I'm gonna say a couple of years, not a couple of months. Okay, I, I I got you. I just I want to keep right. the time because I'm I'm loving these stories and I yeah. just want to make sure I'm on track with what's happening. We're with you. So yeah, a couple so this years is a later. couple of years later. Yeah. So this fucking guy came in and he always is dressed in this 
fancy bow tie and show that and like a bow tie, not a oh, yeah. not a tie, hey. but a bow tie. Oh, yeah. He's got glasses also. So, <laughs> but anyway, this fucking guy, he bothered me all the time, and finally, I had, I couldn't do anything more. Like I just like hit the end of my patience, patience with, him, with yeah. this fucking man because he was bothering like you know in our bar this is like an industry bar and there's like all bartenders and everybody's pretty you know left-leaning or at least like, just doesn't give a shit but he wouldn't shut up about he's like my man trump's building a wall like wait we're getting all these mexicans out of the country before oh, jesus like, christ and i interrupted him and said you're in a bar owned by a mexican <laughs> like your ignorance is just it's through the roof. I don't understand yeah. you. Yeah. And then this is going to drive you guys nuts. This is also what he drinks. Narragansett's, only Narragansett, with a rocks, like, or a pint glass on ice. Where's Narragansett in? He brings his own spoon in a sports jacket Ugh. to stir it up the whole time. Wait, While wait, he wait. rants about. I have so many questions. Yeah, that, Hold on. The lemon, or, the first the off, the lemon or the lager? No, uh, Narragansett Lager, standard Narragansett. Why would you need to stir it? For what reason? I don't know. Why would you put it on ice? It's already a cold beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, he puts his, wait, he He puts puts his his own beer, like you have to give him a pint glass filled to the top with ice so he can slowly add his beer, stir it around with this silver, literally a silver spoon that he carries around in his sports coat jacket pocket on the inside. That's what he drinks. Yeah, so the, the, he's a psychopath. That, <laughs> yes. That's what he is. What an yeah. odd Absolutely. bird, man. What an Dude, odd... And who this, carries around a spoon? This, this fucking guy does, apparently. But, oh my God. So, he was bothering all the other guests at the bar, just ranting about, you know, building a wall, building a wall. I'm like, Dude, I asked him, I was like, can you please shut the fuck up and keep politics out of my bar? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't even know who I am. Blah, blah, blah. I can have you fired tomorrow. I was like, oh, oh dude, my God. I don't give a shit. I was like, if I get fired tomorrow and I never have to meet you again, I'm fine with that. I'll go get another job. <laughs> yeah, talk about <laughs> a blessing in my life, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but he <laughs> don't was threaten me with a good time about these that. conversations and just bothering my guests. And that's like, well, one yeah, of the, he's, he's intentionally trying to engage. It's oh, not he's like he's having anybody a, that will listen to It's not like sure. he's having a political discussion with a group of his peers. No, he's just, he's, trying it, he's, to he's pushing his shit. People. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, oh my God, like it was so frustrating because I was still, you know, trying to respect the bar, trying to respect everybody else. But when I saw people trying to like cash out and stuff, I was like, dude, that's it. You gotta go. And he's like, no, I'm not done. And he started ranting again. And this is at a point where we had the guest checkbooks, you know, like the MasterCard black guest checkbooks. Sure. They're like, of course. Yeah, yeah pretty standard. Just all something like that. So he was like turned sideways down the bar, ranting his bullshit. And I built a whole wall around him, like two guest checkbooks high. You? I couldn't even, yeah, I couldn't even see him anymore. damn it. And he was just like turned and finally was like, excuse me, what is this shit? And I was like, Stood on the stool and was like, I built a fucking wall. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Do you like it, sir? I was like, I built a wall around you. I'm like, you can get the fuck out. You and your wall. And he's like, I, I've never been assaulted like this before. Or blooms. I did. I don't give a shit. Just get out of my bar. You're bothering everybody and nobody likes you. 
and you drink Narragansett on ice and you stir it with your own silver spoon. He's like, well, my fucking bow tie costs more than your college education. Oh, my <laughs> so God. Like, what? Uh, what? Get the fuck out. You're never allowed back here. He's uh, like, you're, you're fired. I was like, I didn't realize it worked for you. He's okay. Like, well, you're fired. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I got to be honest with you. If there so is a such a bow tie, please. if there is such a bow tie out there that costs more than yeah. a college education, that's not a good purchase. <laughs> you could have you could have saved so much money and given it to the Trump campaign, or like contributed to building a <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dude, and he's do you even care about the cause? Do you like, even care? <laughs> he's still he's that kind of like seven year old man that still wears like high school ring on his finger. I'm like, oh, oh god, damn! Oh. Silver spoon in his pocket. <laughs> I'm so disgusted right now. Uh, uh, oh my god. Oh Jimbo. All right. Uh, I mean, what, what, kind of, what kind of hair? What kind of hairstyle did he have? Oh, he has like slick back white hair. Oh yeah, he does. Like, yeah, he does. Short, but what, what's his stature? Is he tall? Is he stocky? Yeah, he's, I would say he's about six feet, six foot one, maybe 200 pounds. Slow moving motherfucker, though. Very slow moving. But you know what's funny is like the bar that I keep picking up shifts for now, he's a regular there. Really? Oh, God. And the first time I saw him come in, we made eye contact and he turned around and left. Yes. Then I think he forgot because like three weeks later, he came in again and I was serving him and I pulled out a Narragansett fucking cup of ice or a pint glass of ice and I was like did you bring your spoon he's like how do you know that I do that so oh he forgot I that's now he's man. like where do I His know memory's you from going. Like, does he always wear a suit it, brother does he always wear a suit <laughs> yeah always well not a suit like he always had a sports jacket on nice always dressed very nice always a bow tie interesting God. What what but, what color what color is the bow tie oh it changes it, it depends on what it day is, it changes all the time it's like purple oh, and fucking the type of guy. Does he wear suspender straps? Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Yep, a lot of the time. Mike, the type yeah. of guy, the type of guy that wears a bow tie every day is the type of guy that has twenty seven hundred bow ties and a lot of seersucker suits. Okay. And this guy is a particular Florida man brand. All right. He carries a literal <laughs> silver spoon in his pocket. Okay. He's Fucking nightmare! Oh my god! All right, let's 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 shut it down right there. I gotta move on to question number seven. Fights, yeah, move on. Fights, arrests, and oh. fires. Okay, this is when shit pops oh. off, and you get to see what people are made of. Oh, dude! All right, so so I have been involved in and broke have so many fights, bartending. Because every time that somebody tries to, like physically fight me, like I know my rights in Florida, you have the right to refuse service to anybody for any reason at any time. And sometimes people get really upset about that. And they're just like, well, you want to go outside? This happened to me actually just last week. This guy, it was after the um, Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I walked in from a nap. Like, my friend called me. She wasn't feeling well, so I went to relieve her. I walk in, and her and the other bartender were both looking at me. They're like, these people got to go. And it was like five Kansas City fans. Oh, I was, see, like, I was going to say Eagles. Wow, I was so That's what off. I imagined it was going to be. Because I've every time I see a bunch of Eagles fans, I gotta kick them out. They go fucking nuts. <laughs> but the Kansas City kids—they're all like my age or older, like you know, late thirties, maybe late forties at the most. And these dudes were just like blasted, and they just kept being shitheads. And I was like, "Hey, man, like I think she told you you gotta leave." And they're just like, "Why?" I was like, "You guys have had enough." And like honestly, we're just done dealing with you. 
They're like, who the fuck are you? He's like, do you know who I am? Like, this is not the game of who the fuck are you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's like, I know, she, I know the bow tie guy. Yeah. I can get you fired if I want. No, no, no. She's maybe like, it was, maybe it was Pete Weber. Maybe it was Pete Weber. Who are you? I am. <laughs> who do you think you are? But it, I was just being polite, and I was like, guys, seriously, like I'm just asking you kindly. Like, yeah, after I drink like five more fucking beers, I was like, nah, that's not gonna happen. And I was like, you guys are already closed out. Just please move along. And they're like, you know who I am, like, dude. I'm not going over this again with you. What are you, fucking Patrick and Mahomes? Then Come on. his best buddy was like, you know who he is? I'm like, no, I don't. And in, in hindsight, my friend Ryan gave out the best response I should have said. It's like, oh, he appears to be your boyfriend, so I don't know. <laughs> just drive him crazy. And I also should have said, you should go back to Kansas. So they were like, oh, it's hey, come on. Hey, whoa. Cool it with the Kansas shit. Okay. Because I was not cool. Crazy. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck. But um, yeah, they're just like, I'm an MMA fighter. He's like, good for you, dude. He's like, you want to take this outside? And I was like, no, I just want you to go outside. <laughs> they're like, well, I'm going to go outside with you. Like, you want to fuck me? Like, I'll fuck you up in the street. And I was like, dude, I bet you would. You're much larger than I am. Yeah, you're a trained fighter. Fuck yeah, off. Like, yeah. And also, you you want to go on? Like a, you want to do go toe to toe on cocktails, motherfucker? Let's go! Come yeah. on! And he looked nothing like an MMA fighter. I'm like, dude. Did he, did he have the call, to... Did he have the cauliflower ears? No, not at all. And I'm like, okay, dude, then he's not a real a short, MMA fighter, motherfucker. Then. Like, get out of here! You're not an MMA fighter. You're just some fat dude from Kansas. <laughs> no, he was just being such a dick. I was like, just leave. He finally left, but that almost escalated quickly. And in that same bar. Multiple years prior, I quit one of my jobs because I know you guys are familiar with that band, Broken Social Scene. Uh, I know the name, but I'm not yeah, familiar with like the music. That's one of my favorite bands. And a good friend of mine, had the, him and his wife were pregnant. So all of my old friends from Tallahassee came in. I hadn't seen anybody in like a decade. Tried to get my shift covered. Nobody would cover it. We did a lot of day drinking, but... One of my good friend's boyfriend at the time was the singer of Broken Social Scene. We were all really? like, awestruck by our, like, oh my God. Like, he's one of my favorite musicians in the world. That's awesome. And I had to go to work. So I'm working, and then all of them came in. They're like, dude, can't you get off work? And it's like, it was slow. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. And I told my other coworkers, like, guys, come on. I was like, all my friends are here for one night. Yeah. It's slow enough for three bartenders. Yeah, back me up. Back me up right now, right? So I left. And we walked across the street to the bar that I was just describing, where Kansas City people were, where I've seen the bow tie guy again. Awesome cigar bar called Stogie's. But, you know, in St. Augustine, there's, like, the Castillo, which is, like, the old Spanish fort. So they do, like, a lot of things where people are dressed up in character, all that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I walk up to the bar, and it's me and my friend Kevin from the band, and my friend Kaylee, who I grew up with, and there's this dude dressed like a pirate, just like laid out on the stairs. It's like a three-step staircase and like one more step to get in, like after the landing. And I was like, hey, man, are you all right? And I was trying to give him a hand up. You know, like, tries to pull out a knife and shit. Jesus. And, I mean, I don't even know if it's a real knife or whatever, but my friend Eric, who was working... And like stop that from happening. And Gavin, you guys met when he was helping with Joel. Yeah, yeah, Gavin. Yeah, yeah, Gavin came in. I was like, "Why are you helping him?" I was like, "I, 
he's in my way. I'm trying to get inside. The guy was like, no, I just laid that motherfucker out. And I'm like, slam that dude. <laughs> and then the guy, Kevin, because he's from Canada, he just like looked at us and he's like, dude, Florida's fucking weird. I'm going back to Canada. So <laughs> like, it was nice meeting you all. And I failed. I said, well, fuck, man. I, I love your music. on the ground with like some fucking short of, they're saying that he's got a knife. Yeah. yeah you're Did looking- he actually pull out a knife on you? I don't remember because I got pretty drunk at that point. I'm sure you're looking at Kevin and you're some like, say you're like look, stu- say that's a stupid thing. That's a stupid thing to do for somebody on the ground. I'm sure you're looking at yeah. Kevin and you're like, look, well, man, I wasted. love your music. Okay, please don't hold this against <laughs> us. All right. I'm sorry that we have <laughs> random drunk pirates laying on the stairs trying to stab <laughs> me. Like, that's not what all Florida is about, man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I get it, dude. It was really nice to meet you, too. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, Florida's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. But, oh, um, God. I, now, listen, now, we got, Mike, we have to remember whenever Gavin comes on the show, we're going to have to pry the pirate. Oh, yeah. The pirate I, knockout. I think he's the one who said there wasn't a knife. And my friend Eric says that there was a knife. I was just like, I was wasted trying to help the dude up that was dressed like a pirate. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was actually. Oh, he was actually dressed oh, like a pirate. Pirate costume, dude. Okay. Pirate costume. So I'm sorry. This is all. Yeah, well, it's all gelling for me. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's all gelling for me now. Dagger, like, was it part of the ensemble? Oh, was it a real I, knife? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it. But forever a mystery. Forever wasted. mystery until Gavin puts the rest of the pieces together for us. Yeah, and we'll have to just call Eric. Like, Eric, what did you? What did you? Think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Perspectivism. Man. All right, man. Um, so let's see. There's another good one, though. Keep, keep going. Keep yeah, going. Steve, calm the fuck down. All right, just chill out, okay? Right. So this happened <laughs> in Spain when I lived there. So I spent, In Barcelona, Spain. I, I lived in Madrid, but I had I was teaching over there and like doing a little bit of consulting, even though I had just started cocktailing and stuff. It was like 2010, June. I go on a three-day break to go to Barcelona for the World Cup final when Spain had never made it out of the uh, quarterfinals. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be epic. And five of the main players, starting players for Barcelona were from Barcelona. So I was like, this is going to be an epic party. Go on there. Holy shit. This is the craziest night of my entire life. It's like, I went to a bar. Every bar is completely packed. And like there were bartenders like seriously like climbing out of windows to get people like physically taking their whole body out of open windows to like go serve tables and climb back in. Oh my There's God. There's so many people. And I found, you know, most bars were like, dude, we're at capacity. Sorry. And I found one bar. They're like, all right, we got you. And I see it like hold my arm and just like shoved me through a crowd and sat me down. And there's a TV probably six feet up on the wall. And I'm just sitting cross-legged on the ground. Like, okay. You're or, on the ground. Yeah, I'm just sitting cross-legged on the ground. And I'm like holding my right arm or right hand onto this table that's covered in beer glasses and covered in beer bottles. And it's two Aussies that are wearing Netherlands jerseys. And they're just chanting horrible shit like, fuck Spain, fuck Spain. That's a dumb thing to do. And I was listening to everybody around them. And I was like, dude, y'all should stop. Because you're going to get jumped. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like, fuck you, American. Like, fuck America. Fuck Spain. Netherlands going to win. And then when Iniesta scored that goal, I was like, dude, you guys should leave now. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, if you know it's best for you to leave now. You've already put a target on yourself yeah, at that point. Yeah, and they're like, no, fuck that. Spain's going to win. And by this point, I was very intoxicated. And when the three whistles blew at the end and Spain just won the World Cup for the first time ever, everybody started going nuts. And I don't know why, but I just stood up, flipped up their table, so beer bottles and glassware goes everywhere, and I jumped with both my feet and kicked the table into both of these dudes. And you being, son of a bitch. Yeah, they're being such assholes. Like, <laughs> and like I hit the ground on my back, and I was like, oh, man, that sucked. And then all of a sudden I get like lifted and like full Nelson being dragged through the crowd. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting kicked out. I deserve it. And then all of a sudden they like laid me on the bar, and they're just pouring tequila and rum all over my face. And, now I throat. and then yes. somebody pulled my shoes off. And then all of a sudden, I don't have shoes. And all of a sudden, I didn't have a shirt. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And then they like threw me out on the street. And I was like, man. And I had one cigarette left. And I was like, all right. And I like get up, find my shirt. It was like just covered in beer on the ground outside of the sidewalk. And I had no idea where my shoes were. You're so shirtless. Right. You're shoeless. You have on? one cigarette. You're in. A, you're you're outside yeah. of a bar. And my cigarette was like a flaccid cigarette. You know when it like gets kind of bent. Yeah, yeah like but it's yeah. it's not broken though. It's, yeah, it's just, just bent. flaccid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now now <laughs> then so, I assume there's just riots in the streets happening all around. Oh, dude, there were people throwing Molotov cocktails at trees. See, and I watched again, people this flip is what I don't understand about sports. I, and I was like, what it. is going on here? Like, what the fuck? So I'm like trying to light the cigarette. And then this, like, a young Moroccan kid, he's probably, like, 17, he came up, and he said, hey, gringo, you got to dance like this. And so, like, kind of, like, grinding on my hip. And I was like, dude, what? And I felt my wallet come out. And I was like, oh, oh. Hell no. And I was following him into the street, and there's people everywhere. I was like, hey, man. And I was like, in English and Spanish, but I don't speak Catalan. I was like, a wallet, man. Like, come on. And he was like, dude, I'm not. And he sucker punched me, like, right in the fucking nose. I was like, oh, my God. And I was drunk enough, and I was like, oh, hell no. And I, like, hit him a couple of times, got on the ground, got my wallet out, stood up, nice. and there was, like, a crowd of people around me. I was like, oh, shit. Where's my shirt? <laughs> so <laughs> I just put my hands in front of my face, like, oh, God, this is going to suck. I must get jumped. And everybody just laughed at me, and they spit on me and stuff. And like, oh, oh my God. Holy so shit. So then I went, found my shirt on the ground, and walked across the street to the McDonald's. And just he, watching all that it's like that's your American embassy at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened to be right across the street. And I was like, I need a quarter pounder and, a, and an airplane out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not have my so passport. I, ended up, I still had that cigarette. And I was like, all right, I'm going to smoke the cigarette. But, this, like, is, this is how you know you're a true fucking smoker, okay? Yeah, speaking you've been jumped. You've had your <laughs> you shoes stolen. You fought a young Moroccan you boy. You wallet <laughs> taken from you. You beat it out of a guy. You're getting spit on. You're yeah. like, I still got this fucking smoke. <laughs> so this is just, so, yeah, Nicotine is, is a powerful is drug, people. <laughs> so I cross the street, and the McDonald's is obviously like, you know, glass windows like it is everywhere. And... This fucking group of like five like young Moroccan kids came up and they surrounded me. I was like, oh shit. And I put my cigarette down on the ground again. I was like, oh god, I just gotta have that cigarette. But then the dudes like were like, hey man, let's dance. He's like, no, no more fucking dancing. <laughs> and then fuck? all of a sudden my wallet came out again. Because like the idiot I was at the moment, I put my wallet right back in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And I felt it slide out again. And I was like, oh shit, which one of these motherfuckers has my wallet? And I was like, 
oh, God damn it, I'm just going to hit all of them. <laughs> I was so mad because all I wanted was that cigarette. That's all I wanted in my life at the moment. And all of a sudden, this huge Catalonian dude, like a big guy, bald, ran up and just picked up this one kid and slammed him against the window of the McDonald's and like bitch slapped him so hard that I couldn't stop laughing because it was so loud. And everybody in McDonald's like looking out the window like, what the fuck is going on out there? And this guy's just like holding him against the fucking window, screaming at him in Catalan, so I didn't really understand. And I'm just laughing. And he pulls my wallet out of his pocket, hands to me, he's like, let's go. Blacked out. And then all of a sudden, I'm like doing dishes behind a bar, and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What am I doing here? And he's like, you got to wash all your glassware. And I was like, what? And he's like, you did like eight shots of tequila. And I was like, why? <laughs> I wouldn't need that. And then <laughs> I wouldn't he's need like, that. I just need yeah, the one he, cigarette. Just get me my flashlight. I blacked cigarette. out again. I blacked out again. Woke up on a bench with that same dude. This is kind of weird. Actually, extremely fucking weird. He was like trying to reach his hand in my pants. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, we fuck now. I was like, what? No. <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm sorry, man, but I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not into it. I'm sorry. But you know, I was like, Where's my shirt? <laughs> it's over there. <laughs> I was like, it was on me, but the buttons are all fucked up. And I was like, God damn it. And I was like, where's my wallet? And he's like, I, he's like, you put it in the front shop or back of your shirt. I was like, all right, well, later, dude. Thanks for the shots, I guess. And let me do your dishes. And, yeah, and for bitch slapping that guy. Yeah. But I got a taxi. And I get in the taxi. I'm like, man, that was weird. And I told the guy what happened. And they were like, dude, that's fucking nuts. And I pulled my wallet out. And I was like, all my stuff is gone. And I looked at my back pocket, and that dude had climbed under the bench and cut my pocket open with a razor blade. Oh, so my, my God. So my wallet was passed out. Whoa, which my, kind of, that's, geez. It could have been genius in his part to be like, you know what, I'm going to, like, instead of, like, having to have words or, like, fists with this guy, if I just try to, like, reach my head in space, maybe he'll just be like, I got to go. If I try to have sex that's with him, he'll run away. <laughs> and then I'll keep all of his shit. Yeah. Is that what you're alleging? What's up? But I think so. I would hope so. I don't know. Yeah. But so I was in the taxi and the guy, taxi driver, was like, dude, pull over. I was like, I, I don't have any money. That guy just robbed me. He's like, oh, Spain just won the World Cup. It's fine. I was like, I'm telling you, I cannot pay you. He's like, I'm telling you, it's fine. Okay. I gave him the address to the hotel. Get to the hotel. He's like, all right, thanks, man. He's like, eight and a half euro. I was like, <laughs> I just told you I can't pay. Yeah. And it's, he's like, no, like, we, he's like, no, we have sex now. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> no, the text driver reached around and started trying to like grab my hair. And he's like, slap me in the face. I'm like, dude, like I was slapping his hand out of the way. I was like, what are you doing? Then he got out and freaked out. And I got out, took the shirt off again. I was like, all right, I have to fight this dude too. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, dude. This is like, the sun had just come up. So it was like maybe 6.30, 7.30 in the morning. And then the whole hotel staff is running out. They're just like calming us down. I was like, I told the guy I don't have any money. Now he wants money. I don't know what to do. And it's like, all right. I was like, oh, I have an idea. The guy left my driver's license in my wallet. So I gave that it was, a taxi That was guy. at least nice of him. That was a yeah, nice thing to do. He took everything they could use. I had my library card and my driver's license. <laughs> he took my Bonnaroo tickets, though, man. That's fun. Oh, you're, what are you doing? Why did you take your Bonnaroo tickets out? I Bonnaroo tickets with me. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I thought it was Primavera sound or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But so... I give this fucking guy my ideas. Like, how about this? You come back at noon and I'll get the money out and 
like Western Union or whatever I had to do. So I'll give you my driver's license because I need this. Or like you, you give me collateral. My yeah, for collateral, you, you take this and come back. And he was like, "All right, I'll see you here at fucking noon." I was like, "All right, cool." He left, and the hotel staff was like, "All right, let's get you inside." And I was like, "Fuck you guys, I'm going to the beach." <laughs> I walked like eight blocks to the beach, passed out face down in the sand, and woke up at like six p.m. with the worst sunburn I've ever had. <laughs> like, look, never got my driver's license back either. Oh yeah, my god! I woke up so sunburned I could hardly stand up. There's like families picnicking all around me. Like, oh. <laughs> you know when you wake up with that first gasp bear when you're that hungry? Oh. I'm still alive. Oh my god! Where am I? I wish I was dead. I, was like, fuck, I gotta go. I gotta go back to Madrid. I gotta get the fuck out of Barcelona. So I just got on a bus. <laughs> How did you get on a bus? Did you, were you able to get some money? Uh, yeah, I went in Western Union, and then got on a bus, bought some shitty shoes from like some street vendor. And... Ciao. <laughs> My <laughs> dear Later, God. Barcelona. Like, never yeah. coming back here. Wow. Okay. Is that your My one and only town in Barcelona? God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're banned. <laughs> yeah, why why would sure you want to go back after that? Unbelievable. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Barcelona kicked me out. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Mike stopped <laughs> love- me uh, because that was unbelievable. That is an unbelievable story. My God. Uh, and all around the Spanish Dude, World nice. Cup, Mike, see, this is why sports is so important because if we didn't have sports, we wouldn't have great content. Um, all right, no, I, I, I don't have a thing against sports. I just don't get it. You know what I mean? That's my only point. It w- if my team won, I'm not going to throw a fucking Molotov cocktail at a fucking tree. Yeah, it doesn't make pussy. sense in my mind, yeah. okay? Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'll burn this podcast to the yeah, ground. I know you will. <laughs> question number eight, I would usually go right in with just like, hey, man, question number eight, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But you pretty much just told us sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, do you- no, no, I got another one. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Question number eight. Seriously. Second. Well, all right. Let me start with sex. One time at that party hostel in Argentina that I talked about earlier. Where you broke your face open. I Yeah, I cracked my head open, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have my teeth out, though. I, I said your face. I said your yeah. face. Okay, so there was one time it was busy as shit because every night there were two hostels that each slept like 350 people, So it was, and it was packed out all the time. And every night there was DJs, so it was like a giant club. So you can imagine if I was teaching 40 hours a week and bartending 50 hours a week, it sucked. But one night we're insanely busy and there's in Argentina, the way that the bar works is pretty much you have a register and people line up to the register, they pay and then you give them a ticket. Then they walk to the other side of the bar and they hand a bartender a ticket. The bartender looks at the ticket, no conversation, nothing, especially in a club, obviously. And they just make whatever drink it says in the ticket. Okay. So there's a line of about 40, maybe 50 people. And I'm go- I'm on the register going as fast as I can. And there's this like big, burly Aussie dude just like waiting so patiently. And all of a sudden he gets up to me and just punched me square in the face. Like what? over the register. Yeah. And it's like, Whoop. and I, like, I, I got knocked out for like a brief second. I jumped up and I was like, what the fuck? And I threw the whole computer and registered and I was climbing over the bar and our bouncer dude, my friend Batata, shout out to him. He was awesome. He like picked this dude up and body slammed him 
I went over and I was like, what is your problem? Why did you do that? He's like, you looked like you were having a good time, so I just made it spicy. Oh my Wait, god! What, what the fuck oh, is wrong dude. with Australians? That's yeah, so like, fucked up, dude, man. Dude, Every that's just rock and roll, bro. Fuck, fight, and do drugs. That's... Fucking saltwater crocodiles yeah, is all I have yeah, to say yeah, about that is. one. You <laughs> <laughs> looks so, like you weren't having a good time, so I clocked you in the face, motherfucker. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy After that. That situation happened. Right. This is in the same shift. This is now by like maybe one in the morning, and this guy. Came up, he's like, dude, I've been waiting in line for the bathroom, which is downstairs, like for like 20 minutes. There's like a line of like 30 people waiting for the bathroom. So is that locked? He's like, yeah, it's locked. He's like, God damn it. So I had to like go to the owner, get a key, break my way through fucking, you know, dance party club shit, go downstairs, get around all the people that are in line. And I finally got the door open and it was like five Brazilian dudes having a gangbang with this one girl. Oh and I was like, God. what the fuck? They're like, dude, come on. And I was like, what? So <laughs> like, get the fuck out. I was like, what is y'all's problem? They're just like, no, man, it's good. She's fine with it. I was like, ah. They're like, you, they're like, you, you, can, a, you can piss right here. She's bathroom. waiting. <laughs> there are eight stalls in this bathroom and four urinals, and you guys are ruining my night. Like, I already got punched in the face by a fucking crazy Aussie, and now this is happening. This like, is... The, wait, wait, this was the same night? The Hold on a second. Yeah. This was the <laughs> same <laughs> night? This was not the same, same night. night. Come on now. They finally are trying to get their clothes together. I'm like, dude, I don't care if you walk out naked. you got to let people are coming in this bathroom right now to piss because I don't want to mop up piss all night. Like, so all these like naked Brazilian dudes are just like, man, this is fucked up. Like, how are you going to stop us? Like, man, we were like almost there. I was like, dude, you guys are oh disgusting. God. Like, all of you were kicked out of the hospital. Wait, but so what, what, what? Kicked them all out. Then we threw all their belongings off the balconies because they're like on the fourth floor of the job. Okay, whoa, whoa, what, what about the girl? I need to know a little oh bit. Oh, my, come on. I didn't see the girl. She's hiding. Come, no, in the you, stall. you didn't come see on. her. You didn't see you her because there something. were five guys swarmed around her. That's why you didn't see her. There <laughs> yeah. was a. Listen, the Brazilians built a wall, okay, around her. Come on, okay? Dude, come on. Tell, yeah. tell me. All right. That's why you couldn't see Just horrible stench of way too much. Cologne in there. Yeah. I was like, the idea, the idea that they looked at, okay. the idea Ooh. that they looked at you and said she's okay with it. That's when you got to look at them and be like, I'm not okay with it. The bar's not yeah. okay with you it. You get out. Yeah, this is not a on, question have, of consent, questions. my friends. Is, this is, is a question of whether is, other people can urinate. I can tell you her nationality. Yes, I, that's what I, I wanted to do. She's Israeli. Israeli. Which sounds good. Nuts. I was like, <sighs> my friend. I need five beers for my new friends here. Okay, 20 fucking pesos. <laughs> nope. Like, what do you have for free right now? I'm like, dude, don't play on your stereotype, please. What do you have for free right now? Unbelievable. Unbelievable, dude. God I can't believe damn. that happened in the same fucking night. That shit is wild. Dude, dude. yeah. But then, all right, so... God, there was another time. This is not hold, on, hold on. I don't okay. mean to stop Mike you, but like, so I'm, Mike needs a but as, as Steve has said, I'm, I'm a hot blooded American man. I just put, I've tried to flip myself and be empathetic and put myself like five women would be too much for me, not even in a bathroom. I just can't imagine what led to that circumstance. Where this, no, fucking, you understand what I said? It is five guys. You know, I understand. 
That's Michael's putting himself in the rules. Five women would be that would it would just be a pain in the ass for me. It'd be you know trying to make sure everybody's having a good time. It would be too much. Wow, here comes Mike with the mansplaining about the women again, right? What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about trying to be fucking uh, appreciate everyone's involvement. Like, here's in your what's problem: happening. you're doing too much appreciating and not enough fucking. Okay, that's the problem. The Brazilians oh, are here God. to fuck. Just okay, they're here to lock the bathroom in, in door a, in, in and a get bathroom. How does how? Do, I, I I hope it's I, a big I was, bathroom. I'll give them that. But there's eight <laughs> stalls in there, so yeah. Well, it doesn't sound Christ. like they were really there's making. Like it doesn't bathroom. sound like they were really making use of the space. You know. I don't think they were. No. It didn't seem that they were. <laughs> a big bathroom with plenty of stalls and at least one extra urinal while while she was there. I'm sure. So yeah. Oh my god, that's a dark. Yeah. That's, so a, that's yeah, a gold. That that's a gold. That's a golden shower joke for you, dark Steve. One. Like, all right, let's move on. Let's oh, move that, on. Oh, that's dark. Right. Fuck you. I mean, Fuck you. What is wrong with you? That's dark. Fuck off. <laughs> all right. All right uh, let's let's keep it. Let's keep it moving. No, I want another I, yeah, one. You got I sex drugs and rock and roll tore, story. I bet they tore up her Gaza Strip. Oh my really god! Bad, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. You're done. You're done. Mute him. Mute him. This, this is one of the probably the others other craziest nights I've had in my life. I was in Colombia, up in the north, in a town called Santa Marta, staying in a another party hostel. We like help out behind the bar and stuff like that, trying to get like three places to stay again. And one night, oh god! <laughs> if only, one if night, only you listeners could see Zachary's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking situation happened. The trepidation. <laughs> I had wasn't working. I was just hanging out. There's a little. Irish girl in the pool, and she was like, "I bet you." She just floated up to me and said, "I bet you can drink, or I can drink more than you can." I was like, "Oh, that's, oh, that, that's, that's an invitation. Mistake. That's an invitation, is what yeah, that is." Like, She's like, "Hey, do you want to go to the idea. bathroom? I know these four Brazilian guys." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a, "That's a bad idea on your part." And she tried. She was thrown up by like seven thirty at night, and sorry, I need some eloquent for the story. And so. Everything calmed down, and we were just chilling with our friends that were working the bar that night. And all of a sudden, this one dude came in, and he's like, yo. I mean, this is the drugs guy. He's like, I got some LSD. And we're like, all right, why not? We're not working. Did that. A bunch of us went upstairs to the rooftop, and everybody all of a sudden was kind of getting weird. There's like a bunch of girls and guys tripping. I don't know what people are thinking when they're hallucinating they want to like get sexy times like it, i'm just trying to chill and i was in my underpants because i went <laughs> okay jesus christ hold on he's Wait. trying to once chill again, mike again, mike, mike let him okay, chill okay. mike let him chill once again let him chill. Him sorry i just on. wanted to make sure he's in his underpants go no ahead shoes on once again. so some people like to get sexy times when they're tripping so anyway i'm in my underpants anyway <laughs> <laughs> it just they caught me off guard but I so apologize. then we're like running back up and down the stairs grabbing more beer for the patio from the bar and stuff like that and all of a sudden i was like yeah this is, i'm getting bored and there's this random dude that i'd never met before hanging out and he's rolling a joint he's like oh you want to smoke and I was like I don't really smoke that much but I'll take a hit and he's like you want to go see a river and I was like oh hell yeah I want to go see a river <laughs> I'm tripping on LSD so the like, river oh. sounds great <laughs> yeah and of course every time that I'm doing that I have to just for whatever reason mention that I'm on that 
Just like some people don't think I'm an insane person. Like, by the way, I'm like, tripping balls. <laughs> exactly. But so I go down with this guy, and I was like, oh, let me grab some beers from the bar. Grab a couple of beers. We get in this like white truck, and the seat, the passenger seat, is not attached to the actual truck. It's just like bouncing around. And all of a sudden, it's like three hours, and we're still driving. I'm like, where are we going? And I was like, terrified to ask him. I was looking at him. I was like, oh man, what is? I was like, oh, you know what? I'm getting kidnapped by the FARC right now. Exactly. Like, I, you're you're either kidnapped. being held hostage by the cartel, yeah. or you're being sold into sex trafficking. Yeah. I was like, well, what have I got myself into this time? I was like, I'm definitely getting kidnapped. And during this ride, he kept pulling over to get juice. We just kept pulling over to every juice stand, and he would just sit there and just drink a cup of juice, like taking his what? fucking time. What? And I'm just like in my underwear with no shoes on or anything, <laughs> just sitting in this like plastic chair covered in cats. All these cats got whoa, 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 whoa. There, there's cats there now? Dude, what there are you fucking cats, talking like, about? Like straight cats, they were just like climbing all over me. I'm just, like, in the truck? Know. This dude just like chilling drink no this is like outside of the truck at the juice stand but i just be like why what was he drinking like getting more drinking, like are, pineapple papaya like, like colombia colombia has like the best juices ever like lulu maracuya stuff like that so he just keeps stopping to drink juice. juice yeah how many and times then all did of a sudden we're like in the middle of the jungle how many times oh yeah how many like four <laughs> That's too much juice. Four times at least. That is too much juice. Uh, a lot of juice. And he didn't ever buy me any because I didn't have a wallet. No juice for you. Any money. He he's just drinking all the juice, and I'm just sitting here covered in fucking cats. And I'm just what like, God, this sucks. Shouldn't have ever wanted to go see this river. But then we keep going, and now we're like in the fucking selva, like the jungle. And I'm like, by this point in my head, I was like, oh, if I get kidnapped by the FARC, it's fine. I understand their plight. Like, I understand what they were trying to do back in the 60s when it started. I know enough history about them. I could talk my way out of this. But I 100% accepted that I was getting kidnapped. But then I was like, fine with it. Like, oh, whatever. It'll be a couple months of me just, like, eating shit water and whatever. <laughs> you, so you just made peace pull, with this. You made peace. with You're about to get... Yeah, I, I 100% made peace with it. I was like, okay. You're about to be kidnapped by a militia right group, and you're fine with it. And you're fine with yeah. it. Malafama. I did this to myself. Malafama. Yes, there it is. So I was like, okay. And we, like, seriously, we're deep in the jungle at this point. And there's this tiny house in the middle of the jungle. We hadn't seen a structure in probably 40 minutes. And we pull up to this house. He's like, we got to make a pit stop. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I get kidnapped. Like, okay, this is probably where they're going to hold me. I was fine with it, though. I was like, whatever. And this guy, like, tries to get in the door, and he, like, does this like hold on one second and like opens up a window and climbs through this window and like opens this door and i'm like the hell and he like cracks the front door open he's like come here he's like yep i'm getting kidnapped right now in my underpants with no shoes on this is awesome walk to the door and he just let me in and it's just like pretty standard normal apartment that you'd see in the states and like a nice table fridge or anything like that and he just starts rolling a joint I'm like dude what are you doing? Then this girl comes out from the hallway. She's like, who the fuck are you guys? What are you doing in my house? He's like, oh, I know this guy that lives here. She's like, that guy doesn't live here. He's like, oh, I thought he did. She's like, you got a joint? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so her and this guy get stoned. I'm like. Wait, 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 wait. It's door. a home invasion? Hold on. It's a home invasion that turns into a friendship yeah. just over a joint? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm just sitting there. And you're on LSD with no shoes on. Oh man, you have no shoes. And my underpants. I said, I thought we were going to a river. I dressed. I thought we were going like five minutes away. You thought you. Yeah, you I thought you were going to river. Like a three and a half hour adventure. Then you thought you were getting kidnapped. Yeah. L- luckily, you got to pet some cats on the way. But my fucking god, yeah, didn't man. get any juice. So no juice. Then anymore. I was like, all right. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta ask how many how many uh, tabs did you have? Uh, just one, but it's pretty solid. Yeah, no, I mean, one should, if it's good, you know, from what I've heard, one should be all you need, <laughs> but so. Up, but anyway, I'm so, just like, how does this get resolved? This, I've, I've read, I've read literature. The situation gets weirder. Way weirder. How is that possible? So the guy just climbs in this hammock in the living room and just takes a nap. And this girl has her computer on. She's just doing homework. And I'm just sitting there just like, what the fuck is happening? And finally, she just kept, like, looking at me. She didn't speak one word to me. And I was like, oh, man. So I got up and I, like, grabbed the dude and said, hey, man, what about that river? And he's like, oh, man, that's, like, another hour and a half away. I can't drive there. He's like, but there's a little creek over here. So he went and showed me this little creek. And all these four-wheelers started going down. And I was like, dude, I'm freaking out. Got to go. And he's like, well, I'm not taking you back. I was like, what? How do I get home then? He's like, if you walk, like, 40 minutes down this trail, there's, like, a small dirt road where there's a bus that'll come pick you up. I was like, what? He's like, you want me to just walk through the jungle by myself? On acid with no shoes on in your underwear. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, this is insane. And I was like, well, can I borrow some money for the bus? He's like, yeah, but I'm going to come tomorrow and pick it up because you owe me now. Oh my God. This guy's a fucking asshole, dude. Fuck him, man. So I borrowed some money from him. And I walked down a trail for seriously, it was like at least half hour. And then I find this dirt road and I'm like, all right, I'm just standing there. And finally this bus shows up. It looks like a, like a short school bus kind of. And they're no joke. There's like a 13 year old kid driving. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck? Stop. And I'm the only person on the bus. I pay him. I get on the bus and I'm sitting like kind of like the middle back left. And I'm like, well, at least it's just me. This will be fine. Within 10 minutes, there's like 45 people on that bus. <laughs> and everybody, it's Sunday morning and everyone's on their way to church. Oh, my God. So everybody's God. in like their Sunday and you're bus. In your, and you're in your underwear. And I'm just, and I'm covered in tattoos. And I'm just sitting there, just like, oh, my God. Everybody's staring at me. Don't look at them. I'm like, oh, I'll just look out the window. I'm like, oh, it's so dirty up there. There's trash everywhere. I'm like, oh, God. But everybody's staring at me. And I kept just trying to close my eyes and not freak out. And there's this tiny, beautiful, old lady, she's like in her 90s, sitting right next to me, just staring at me. I kept being like, ¿Estamos en Santa Marta ya? It's like, no. Dos horas más, two hours more. Like, Are we there yet, pretty much? She's like, no. So four hours on that bus with that situation happening. I finally got into the city. And as soon as we got in the city, I was like, oh, my God. Just get me off this bus. Got off the bus. In the middle of a busy Sunday market, I had no idea what part of the city I was in. In my underwear, it's like, what do I do now? And I was like hyperventilating from like anxiety. I was like, well, how do I get to a hostel? I don't even know where it is. I don't know where I am. And I finally kept trying to find like, you know, landmarks. And I was like, oh my God, there's a cathedral. I remember seeing that out of the balcony. That means my hostel's that way. After like 25 minutes, I finally got up to the front door of the hostel and I was like, oh my God. And 
I was like hitting the doorbell like just excessively, just like bing, 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 bing. And they open it, and I was like finally just started crying. So I was so excited to like at so least happy. be back there. And my best friend Jeremy, who I brought from the United States, who also took, you know, that substance, he's just walking by in his underwear, like four beers. He's like, hey man, where'd you go? And I was like, dude, you have no idea. I went into like, the jungle, bro. And he's like, He's like swimming. I was like, God damn it, I should have stayed here. Yeah, but you had you had the adventure. Dude, you had the well, story. Okay, to tell. okay. There, there. I know. I know. We we can't ask too many questions because we have to get through the rest of the gauntlet. But yeah. my God, what what was this guy's end game? Why did he ask you to go to see the river? I don't know. I think you're just really high. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah, that's what it's at. Okay, it sounds like, like one of those ideas that. Bl- dude, say, hey no, man, you want to no. see a river? Fuck okay. that guy! What? I'm yeah. sorry. Mike, like, Mike, oh, no. it sounds me though, because I was the one like, yeah, let's go see a river no, with a stranger. No, no. <laughs> fuck that guy! Like, either one, he is so displaced from reality that he didn't think twice about asking you to go see a river that was four hours away that he wasn't going to drive you back from, or two, he was like, fuck yeah, let's take this fucking dude. I don't uh, know. It it, it just know, sounds boy. Yeah, it sounds more like this guy, Gringo. Yeah, that's somewhere. the word that came to mind. Yeah, yeah, it sounds more like this guy had an idea. Okay, and it budded and it didn't blossom. It was one of those situations where it's like it's late. We've been fucked up. Let's go to the river, and then you know. Oh, but he wasn't part of our group on like that stuff. He just he's just some random guy. I don't know then. So that's kind of that's on me. Jesus, you should be. Guys, like you want to go see rivers? Like fuck yeah, I want to go see a river. So, and as far as I can remember, this all started with some uh, Irish girl saying that she could outdrink you. Yeah, so, so I ba- drink so, all day. Really so basically, so what we need to learn from this story is that the Irish don't trust are, Irish girls. don't trust Irish women. That's the that's the <laughs> that's, moral that's of this right. fucking that's story. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you didn't get kidnapped. But now I got to ask yeah. you about question number nine: hazing pranks and games. Honest to God, I think this guy was just hazing you a little bit. Hey, let me drive you to a river. Actually, it's going to be someone's <laughs> house. I don't know. You, oh, by the way, I'm never, leaving you in the jungle. Ha, ha, ha. You never Isn't even got fun? to see Isn't the... <laughs> You never even got to see the river. Yeah, but question number nine. I see a creek. Oh, there's a fucking creek and a path that you can walk back on, you motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Hazing pranks and games. Tell us about when you're trying to pass time at the bar, keep the morale up. I mean, this is Mike and I's favorite category. Honestly, it seems a bit underwhelming after these last few stories, to be honest. (laughs) Also, I would say for hazing, I don't really ever do it. As far as... You know, like with new hires or like people I'm training or something like that. The most I've really ever fucked with somebody with was like I'd have them put on the bar mats and as soon as I go back to get another bar mat, I would take that bar mat and put it somewhere else and be like, Dude, I need the bar mat. <laughs> That's great. Like, That's actually great. Like, you gotta That's get so the good. bar mats out. And then he's like, Yeah, I just brought one, I thought. And I'm like, I don't see it, do you? And he's like, No, I don't. Let me go get another one. And I take the one that he just brought and hide that one. I'm like, dude. Seriously, we gotta get the bar mats. Like. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I feel I feel like you're one of the few people that could actually play that off uh, effectively. Yeah. You know, we, this. Just, right. we, we can't open until we have the bar mats out. Dude, just what do you so, do? Quit messing around. Quit nonchalant. Like you're yeah, not, just not being a dick. In a too. Yeah, just not being a dick, but just like, come on, seriously, man. We we gotta get the bar mats. That's great. I love that one. <laughs> and also, sometimes I'd randomly text people. Just to fuck with him, just be like, dude, you left the front door unlocked. 
Like, oh my god, did I? I'm like, no, you don't have a key, nerd. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds, dude. <laughs> the, those are so. I I love the um, I love the fact that you're messing with people's like subconscious. That you're you're they're starting yeah. to question like what is and what isn't bartender reality. <laughs> exactly. Like, is this really happening? Am I on acid? It's like, man, that's too much philosophy. You guys are gonna be afraid of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's great. I actually, you know what? I'd like to keep this category short because. All night, you have been teasing category number 10. Let's get right into it, dude. You yeah. already said you're not a big hazer. That's a great little prank, and it's a great little game. But let's get into category 10, because I got to hear it. Number 10, okay. firing and quitting stories, a.k.a. Getting 86 Okay, so. Or kidnapped. <laughs> uh, one of the, I don't know. This comes out kind of crazy, but one of the bars in Columbia that I was running, it's actually the, the bar that had the poop. Jardia. Yeah, yeah, we the Jardia. So yeah, after, no, we, like, we, were, we remember. The, we remember. After I watched the kitchen staff go through all that, I was like, this is bullshit. And I talked to the managing staff, and I was like, you guys need to give them all a raise for sticking around. And like they were all like calling in their family members to come try to like fix the problem and stuff like that. Yeah, like, like bring them hepatitis, like, vaccines and shit. I was like, what do you mean a raise? Like, they need to get, they deserve like a bonus at least for like helping you guys do this. Like, we don't pay them. I was like, excuse me? I was like, I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm like, I'm all about the working class. Like, I will fight for that shit. But I was like, you don't pay them? It's like, no, we just wait for them to quit, then we just hire another person. Oh I was like, that's the most fucked up, exploitive thing I've ever heard. And what, yeah. do they give them the so promise a of plan. a job if they earn it? Is that how they entice people? No, they just, they give them a promise to pay, they just don't do it. Wow. You, you, you said that these uh, these owners were young people, right? Well, the, the GMs yeah. were younger people. The owner I had met a few years prior when I was down there. So who's responsible for this uh, This bullshit? The young owners, or the young GMs. But wow. so this whole situation was just skyballing. I was already heard skiballing. Yeah, what am I trying to say? Snowballing. Snowballing, there you go. Skiballing. Skiballing. <laughs> it's like the game, it's fun. <laughs> Always go for 10 in skiball. Always. <laughs> but so I was already like planning on leaving shortly. I was kind of over it. I had... Some other stuff going on. I was like, you know, I'm, I got to go back to managing. I, I miss being in the city. Countryside's beautiful, but I've been here long enough. And I had a significant other that was with me, and she left. And I was like, well, fuck, what am I doing? So I'd already made plans to like slowly move my way out. And then that situation happened with the, the Jardia. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to leave soon. And I found this out about the kitchen workers who worked their asses off that aren't getting paid and I'm getting paid, which I'm like, why aren't you paying them? Like, well, we don't have the same agreement we have with you. Like, well, that's really messed up and you just fucked up. So I planned out this whole thing with the kitchen. I was like, yo, on this date, like I'm going to pretty much start an event. We're going to bring all these people in here. But right when the event's starting, we're all going to walk out. And they're all fine. They're like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, what, 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 do, what do they have to lose? Yeah, Exactly. 
I do. You guys can actually go find a job where they'll pay you. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole time that when I kind of, it was probably a three week overlap of me finding that, like, the fact that they weren't getting paid. Yeah. To the event that I'm about to describe. So during that time, I was using my own money and I was getting paid to pay all them because they have families and stuff, man. Like, it's fucked up. Like, I'm just a dude living in a fucking bed in a hostel and making way more money than they are. So I was like, all right, well, so I kept giving out my money and I told them, like the managers, like, yo, I've been giving out this much each week, the whole staff, I need to pay me back for that. And they're like, no, we don't pay them. I'm like, all right, you already told me that, that's insane. But all right, I planned an event, invited like a bunch of high society people from a neighboring city and it got weird. People started showing up in hordes, like tons of people, like packing the whole place out, making drinks and stuff like that. And then I was like, hey, I need you to pop the drawer because they wouldn't even give me access to the drawer or anything. I was like, pop the drawer. Like, I need to make change. But no, I grabbed that shit. And I was like, all right, it's time. And I whistled the entire kitchen staff and myself and the other two bartenders. We all left. And I went to the parking lot and paid them all, all the money that was owed to them because I did it all on map, like on sheets of paper. I said, you're owed this much. Here's that. Here's that. And the manager was like, what are you doing? You just stole from us. I'm like, you stole from them. I stole from you. I'm technically illegal. You never gave my work visa or anything. So fuck around. You want to call the cops? You're the ones going to jail. I'll go to jail with you for a minute, but I'll be right out. But you guys are going to lose your entire business. That's what happens if you mess with workers. And without the workers, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. Damn. So we all left. Damn. That is an incredible story. Here's one thing that I want to ask. So you said you gave the whistle. Was that uh, a euphemism or do you, can you actually no, just, do? Uh, I can't do that one, but I just. Okay. Uh, I just, I wanted to ask. I I, like, did you literally? Yeah, no, I, I just, I imagine, I, I imagine like this epic wolf whistle that just pierced <laughs> oh, that the entire bar yeah. and everyone stopped and then yeah. the workers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I had to ask. I had to ask. The, I'm sorry. the question I have is about the money drawer. I, I, I assume it's like some sort of standard register. Are you telling me you're walking out with the till in hand? Yeah. That's fucking <laughs> badass, dude. That's badass. You don't just quit. I mean, they, I'm taking they, this whole I fucking mean, were, pill and I'm walking they're out. They're trying to tell me that's like an anarchist sympathizer and a socialist. And they're like trying to tell me that they've been constantly fucking over workers. And they're driving around in like fucking new motorcycles and shit. Right. They like, hit your. They hit the core. The, I don't the foundation care. Like, of this isn't. Yeah. It's not about money, like, but the fact that you are stealing from them, I have no problem with taking what's rightfully theirs from yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, you. They, like, they, I mean, I'm not a thief in any way. I would never steal from no, anybody. No, absolutely but not. They absolutely deserved it in that moment. Like, I had to do what I had to do. For right, and I didn't mean to. I they didn't called mean to, you an anarchist and a socialist. No, I'm a. No, like, he's calling himself that. I believe in anarchist principles more than anything. I believe in community. I believe in self-preservation. I believe in like everybody working together to for the common good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about something that's going into like direct government. I do believe in socialism in that sense. Like what's more common modern day, I believe Europe is doing things a little bit better than direct capitalism, which is like sometimes people are 
getting destroyed and left behind. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, capital, capitalism has yeah myriad fucking problems. Let's not yeah. let's I not just, descend into unpacking like time, institutions here. But I it, the, the reason I the, <laughs> yeah. the reason I highlighted. Sorry, I hope that didn't come up as crazy. Like I'm not. A no, thief, not at all. No, 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 no. That is that is not it. That is not. I, at I all admire how that story you. I admire you. The reason that I highlighted particularly grabbing the till, and here's why: it's because in this particular scenario. I think you exhibited uh, uh, a righteous anger, right? These people are are being underappreciated. They're clearly not being paid for their services. I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm going to Robin Hood this situation. I'm going to I'm going to take from the rich. I'm going to give to the people that deserve the money here. However, there is something visually that is so badass about not just taking the money by hand, not taking a stack of cash and delivering it out. Ripping the till out of the fucking bar <laughs> and walking into the parking lot with it and saying we're gonna pay these motherfuckers out as they deserve oh, to be paid. Right, well, then I need to clarify that because I didn't rip the till out. I took the money in the till. Out. I yeah. had them open so I could get some exchange. Yes. And, like, and took the money and paid them out. I just love. I knew exactly how much needed to be paid. I took exactly that much out. And but I left them high and dry with that fucking giant party with oh, no yeah, money work. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Love that. that was the biggest fucking. It wasn't even about the money. I was just like, oh, I just if, want them to fucking stress. Yeah. yeah. If only you could have busted the water line as you left at yeah. the same time, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, <laughs> and then their kitchens and, filling and it's up funny with because we, again. We just recently heard a story, and I think it was from Joel Collinger about how he had organized his entire Domino's pizza staff to do a walkout. No, that was Carl. That was Carl. That was Carl. That was Carl. And it was yeah. very similar to, to what, what you're saying here, and I love that. But what an unbelievable way. You got to do what you got to do for the crew. Damn right. Yeah, man. absolutely. No, I I, I love I love that story. An- and I, I, I genuinely respect you, especially in a situation where, you know, the majority of stories we tell are from a, an American standpoint in the States. And you're talking about a place where these people are literally just not getting paid. And the management's like, yeah, they'll quit and we'll find somebody else. And uh, like, I, I love that, Steve, you said Robin Hooding that shit. And uh, yeah, man, fuck it. Bra- bravo. Yeah, no doubt, bravo. Zach. I'm so fun. happy you stood up for It's beautiful. And, and what an unbelievable way to shut down the gauntlet, my friend. You have absolutely delivered you you uh you know you teased us before we got on here this is going to be a wild fucking ride on the gauntlet and you absolutely every last question delivered on that <laughs> promise my friend so bravo yeah um, we do have a few questions for you before we get you out of here yeah. the first one we always call the how's our driving okay this is where you get to take over the show right we've we've held your feet to the fire on a lot of these questions and we've asked a lot out of you now we want your recommendations, questions that we should have asked, bartenders we need to have on the show, places we need to visit, food and drink that we need to try. Give us your recommendations. Tell us what we need to do to improve this show. Um, go. Go crazy. Well, all right. Well, honestly, I think you guys are doing an absolutely fucking fantastic job. You guys well, have thank, a great banter. Thank you very much. Between the two of you and, like, <laughs> now what you guys are also, like, what you started is something that needed to happen, in my opinion. So I think you guys are 100% on the right track and already is doing great. Appreciate and that. Thank I would you. say, like, as far as things to try, I think some people need to start getting more adventurous in their spirit choices. Like, you know, there's more to the world than, like, you know, whiskeys, vodkas, gins. Like, I mean, living in Colombia for so long, aguardiente is all you drink in Medellin. Like, most of Colombia, you just drink aguardiente. And what is or that? Or rum. But like their aguardiente is a sugar based, like neutral spirit, sugar cane. Okay. So it's like, 
It's like got an anise bite to it, but nothing like kombucha or, or not kombucha, sorry, yeah. Uso or anything like that. Mm. It's much lighter, especially there's one brand that's more important than any of the others, and it's Antioqueño. And it's from Medellin, but you always want the blue cap. That's without sugar. There's like almost no hangover. But when you're in the streets of Medellin, like going to parties or bars or clubs, everybody's in the streets just drinking aguardiente so they don't have to pay to go like buy stuff inside. Mm-hmm. And it's like a sugar, it's like a high thing. test sugar cane alcohol? No, it's actually, it's only, um, I think it's 60, 61.5 proof. It's not okay. anything ever Yeah, something easy, yeah. But, yeah. And it's nice, I mean, I've, in cocktail menus throughout Colombia, I've always used aguardiente. And it's, I mean, it works great in cocktails, honestly. Yeah. I know you're familiar with, like other I'm things, sure you're familiar with cachaca. That's one that I... Uh, yeah, I love cachaca also. I had a great cachaca cocktail in a, um, a bar that I worked at in Tallahassee. It was like cachaca, pineapple, lime, a little bit of luxardo, and then like an absinthe rinse. Mm. And that was delicious. Mm. Like refreshing, but like, I like to... When I'm creating a cocktail, I really try to make something like very layered and different. Like I want your flavor profile to like kind of be in shock in a way, but then like smooth out to it. And I see another thing like my brand, where is it? Yeah, there's a bottle on the back. I don't know if you can see it. But yeah, go, go grab yeah, it if you want. Yeah, let me grab it. And, and while he's grabbing that, I think well, it's so funny piano. that that we're like, uh, yeah. You know, he, he's like, you know, be more adventurous. After all those stories, he's like, expand your horizons. Try these different drinks. Fuck that. Eat some LSD and go yeah, see a river eat people. Eat some LSD. Okay? Get in some random See where that bus ride with takes With no shoes you. on. Chawar? That's Chawar. 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 This is a brand that I currently work for. I'm like the Ford Ambassador. And dude, it's awesome. It's something very different. Like, it's, it's from Ecuador. So it's an Andean agave. Not from Mexico, so we can't even call it part of the Mezcal family, even though it technically is because it's an agave spirit. And it's, it's an 80 proof, but it's we distill it in Quito, and it's all in this mountain area and volcano. It's called Quiombe, this region outside of Quito, and it's 100% made by women. So, like, the end goal of our, the whole reason we're doing this is to try to re-empower indigenous women. That's like the end goal. Mm. But it's absolutely awesome. It's also about self-sustainability. So we, instead of plucking the piña from the ground, macerating it, adding sugar, water, fermenting, and then distilling, we keep the plants alive. And all of these agaves, it's, the agave fam- or family is called agave americana. And what we do is these women take pretty much like rebar and stick it into the living agave plants. They get into like 18 feet in diameter sometimes. They're huge. So they rip it open, and then they hand scoop it with little hikaras, like little kind of gourds. They scoop it, the raw sap out. And like a liter a day you can take, and the plant will still live for another 10 years. So you're harvesting... The sap from a living raw sap from a living agave, agave. plant, and then yeah. fermenting that—that that is yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, we let crazy, it sit dude. pretty much to make a pretty much to make like a pulque, 
So like six or seven days of just natural fermentation, and then we distill the fermented product. Wow, that's almost like it's in awesome. some ways it's that almost super smooth. Yeah, it almost works like mead in that sense. You know, I mean, in a, with 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 hum, in a production hum, sense of mind, yes. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so, but it's super smooth. It doesn't give you like that bite right here in your throat like tequila does or mezcal. It's not smoky like mezcal. It's just raw product. And this is an ancestral tradition in Ecuador. Like, and it's always been women that have done it. This goes back like 1,400 years. That's wild. And yeah, we pretty much got a grant to start the first all-female manufacturing co-op in all of Ecuador. So these women control everything. And we buy the sap that they harvest from them at a super reasonable price. Then we also do kickback a percentage of the product that we sell here in the States. And like the owner, a good friend of mine, Elliot, he travels throughout the States with alpacas doing pop-ups and stuff. That's incredible. But man. it's such a good product. That's incredible. So I where, love your where can, where can people, where can people, well, and also after these stories, especially talking about, uh, empowering indigenous women um you know from from the stories like i i completely believe that you believe in that process and, and truly not what just what you're producing but what the company is about and i, I really respect yeah. that so where where can the listeners get Jawar? because I, i'm in pittsburgh kansas i can't get i i called to get the uh the the melicorn tonight and they're like yeah we can order that for you so is this something that can potentially be ordered uh yeah, to, to consumers I mean, we have it. I'm trying to think of all the states that we have open now. We have, we definitely have Florida, obviously, and we have Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, California, New York, and I believe we're about to have North Carolina, and I think we have Illinois, Chicago. But I'm don't quote me on that because it grows every day i mean this is a very very young company but you know what you said it at the and beginning we, of the recommendations here be adventurous seek something out next time you're in florida exactly. seek it out right if you're in one of these yeah, states yeah, if, you're, I mean, if you're in one of those states yeah. i got chowar on menus at five different bars at this moment that's awesome that's wonderful I love that. So also, before we move to the next question, I do have to ask you, you, you got to name at least one bartender that you recommend for the gauntlet. Gavin, dude. There Gavin, it is. Boom. Okay. Gavin's already coming Done. on. He's coming keep on. Keep it moving. Right, Let's well, just keep it moving. Gavin's, Gavin's yeah, got no, he, Gavin's he's crosshairs in the back of his head. love Gavin. He's so much yeah. fun. He he's been such he's, a good. He's got to he's got to use your mic because Joel's fucking mic sucked ass. So we got to use your mic. Oh, yeah, Gav- I can have him come over here. Yeah, Gavin's gonna come over there. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. The final questions, and we're gonna get you out of here, Mister Ramsey. Um, we always like to ask our bartenders in jest, but for but but uh, got to do it. Why do you still do this? AKA, why do you <laughs> fucking hate yourself? Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> <laughs> You know, my favorite question at all. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like I said, lately, I've kind of backed out of, you know, competitive bartending, like cocktailing in general. Then, like, because, you know, once you get to a certain point, there's always a breaking point. And when you start to feel so jaded or, you know, when you work 20 shifts in a row and you're so exhausted with it and you start questioning why you're doing this still, it's, I don't know, it's a love and hate relationship when it comes down to it, honestly, but 
I still love it. Like I remember, I think it's on Joel's episode. People talking about like, or I think Joel's explained that so many people in this industry are actually introverts, mm, yeah, which no in my opinion, that makes no sense to me because I've dealt with people working like as, you know, coworkers and stuff like that. They're just like, Oh my God, I just, I'm not ready to act. I put on a smiling face and just act. I like, dude, if, if that's how you feel when you're coming into work, like this might not be the industry for you because for me, it's, I'm just myself. I'm an expert. I like talking to people and I have fun with it. Granted, we all have bad days, stuff like that, but sometimes it just takes a certain kind of person to be able to like want to stick through. And I feel like once you get far enough with this whole aspect of what hospitality is, especially like focusing on bartending and whatnot, I think you get so far, you're not just going to walk backwards, but you can also just change, change lanes, go to the other side of the street. And so I'm doing beer tending right now. And I have a lot of fun with that too. I mean, honestly, I can tell you much more about booze than I can about beer, but I enjoy just because pouring beer, think about how long it takes. You're just like, which beer do you want? Perfect. Pour it, put it down. Then you continue the conversation. So it kind of, Reamplifies my idea behind mm. hospitality, which relies so heavily, in my opinion, specifically on guest service. Like, I just want people to feel at home, feel nice. I want them to be able to talk to me. I want them to tell me stories. And being in a, such a transient town and touristy town, it's so easy to create or like spark an amazing conversation with yeah. anybody because you're just like, where are you from? Yeah. Yep. That's all you got to say because half of them are obviously not from here. And then boom, you have like a banter going on and then everybody starts having fun and they'll stick around longer if you're making them, like if you're entertaining them, but also letting them feel that they're entertaining you yeah. as well. Yeah. And yeah. having a giving real them conversation. The space, yeah, giving them exchange. the space to yeah. be themselves. Exactly. You, you said, a, exactly. you used a really interesting word there. Um, you said reamplify, and um, I I kind of want to focus in on it just for one second because I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I think um, you can be jaded by this business, and you can almost lose your inspiration, your fire for it sometimes. Absolutely. And, and what's great about the hospitality profession is there's so many different facets, there's so many different styles, different focuses, different environments you can put yourself in. And one of the things, if you feel like you're plateauing, is you you need to reamplify yourself. You need to find that love again for the customer, for the craft. And um, I think that's uh, that's what I have enjoyed so much about talking to you today. It comes through so clearly on this recording um, that you know bartending has been a a key for you to unlock these amazing adventures. It's also been a passion of yours to craft cocktails. But now you've come to a point in not just your life, but your service industry career where you need that reamplification. You need something to inspire you in a new way. And beer tending has now entered it. We just did a three-hour podcast we haven't talked about your beer tending the entire time. And that's that's so cool. We could come talk to you six months from now, and maybe that's all you talk about because that's something that's consuming 
what's inspiring you at that moment. And and so the reification is great. Like you can find a different part of this business that inspires you in a whole new way to bring it for the guest or to get interested about learning about this beer or this this new area of alcohol. Um and and that is uh that's something that if you lose that, you're right. This might not be the business for you. If you can't light the fire again, then this not might not be the space for you. So um, I, I just thought that that oh, word another, was really interesting real quick, to use that. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Another quick thing, though, is sometimes you'll find yourself in a bar where you feel underappreciated, or sometimes you'll find yourself in a bar where you're just not clicking with your coworkers and stuff like that. If you don't have, like, a solid team that you trust and everybody is cordial and you guys are friends, that's one thing. But sometimes you go into a new spot and people are already just like, well, because that's one thing that drives me absolutely fucking insane about this industry is the pretentious like attitudes that certain people have. It's not that common, but I've been around people that literally could just talk your ear up about cocktail specs I'm like, dude, there's like a whole world out there of experiences. Like, you just want to talk about cocktail specs? Like, come on. And I feel that eventually those are the people that are going to become, you know, the kind of people that nobody wants to fucking hang out with. They just want to talk about cocktails. <laughs> no <laughs> like, doubt. Like, no doubt. Tell me a fucking real story. And like, <laughs> like, you got nothing to bring to the table yeah. right now. <laughs> no doubt. Like, yeah, you told me of why the aviation had, should only have a bar soon. I don't give a fuck. Like, Man, I don't drink aviation, so they're garbage. It's like, actually, that's a question one. That's my least favorite cocktail to ever drink. This has been more than I a few times tonight that, that, that you have uh, you have very, very um, uh, surgically shut down a question. And so <laughs> I think that that is a great transition <laughs> to um, to our final question of the day. I can say with no hyperbole and all of the honesty in my heart, man, you are not that fucking guy. You have been nothing but interesting and uh, a ton of fun to be hanging out with over these last couple hours. They have flown by. I can't even believe that we're three hours on the track right now. I could have listened to you tell me stories of the jungle and LSD for the next three hours. <laughs> oh, and and the thing is, from from what you and I discussed before you came on, there are stories that we didn't get to tell tonight. So there are there we Boilermaker tapes, people. Uh, please subscribe to the Patreon. We are definitely going to have you back on, Zach, for because sure. we want to oh, hear yeah. some more of those stories. For sure. Yeah. Well, Zach, I'm going to let Mike take it home for us, and then we're going to say goodbye. Final question of the night. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm curious. I know you just opened up a new bar, but well, it's not open yet. We're hoping to open. This so why don't you gotcha. tell us about that? Yeah. We, we Mug Mugsies is awesome, and if you want to talk about them, that is fine. But honestly, after all of this discussion, your love for the industry, your love hate relationship with it, uh, all the wild adventures you've been on, man. If you could open a bar in your hypothetical world where your bar just works out, what would the bar be called? What would the theme be? Where would it be? What kind of bar would you want to run if you had that opportunity? All right. Well, outside of the bar that I'm about to be running, I would say I would want to open a bar back in Latin America. Or actually, fuck that. I kind of want to go back to Spain. I'd love to open a bar in Spain. After all that. I'd want it to just be simple tapas. Like, There's been so many fun bars I've been to in Spain and Madrid. 
Uh, there's one called Donde Vamos, which is my favorite. And that just means where are we going, which I think is such a great title mm-hmm. for a bar. Where are we going? But it, it's pretty much like there's like three tiers of drinks. First tier, you get this free tapa. Second tier, you get this tapa. Third tier, you get like Oh, nice, okay. I like that. But I would want to call it a gaviero. El gaviero is, depending on where you are in Latin America, it could mean seagull or lookout. So there's one of my favorite authors in all of literature that I've ever read, Avramutis. He's Colombian, and he was like, I don't know, he was pretty much, you know, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, right? 100 Years of Solitude. Yeah, I've never read it, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, you should. It's but his one of his favorite authors is Avramutis and he wrote this collection of novellas I think there's six or seven in total but it's called The Adventures and Misadventures of Mackerel Mackerel is El Gaviero he's like this goes on insane adventures he's always seeking to gain something and the entire world is always in the way it's Epic, and I would love to name a bar El Gaviero and just make it laid back, simple cocktails, like screw the garnishes, all that stuff. Just solid cocktails, great tapas, neighborhood bar, just friendly, and everybody knows each other, always have soccer on. Small, small too is what it sounds like, intimate, you know. Yeah. I love the Mm -hmm. idea of of pairing the food. Yeah, like a couple high tops and like, 12 bar seats and everybody just talks to each other and yells at each other. <laughs> I love it. Cause it'll always be entertaining. If you're working behind the stick to just hear people like, did you mow your lawn yet? Like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, and, and teach me how to pronounce it that. one more time. Gaviero. Uh, Gaviero. 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 Well, look, G-A-V-I-E-R-O. It, well, if we ever wander it, our Steve. way into Gaviero one day, I can promise you yeah. I'm going to hide my wallet, okay? I'm going to keep a hand <laughs> on that back pocket. All right, my friend? Listen, um, nice call, and that's more thats more for me not spending it all on, on all them good drinks. Zag, it has been an absolute pleasure, my man. Um, what a fucking ride. Uh, anything you want to say to the people Dude, the before we leave? The pleasure is all mine. Anything you want to say to the people before we say goodbye? A shout-out? Is that what you mean? No, no. Or anything. Yeah. We, right, usually, well, we usually say fuck off, but yeah. <laughs> Honestly, anybody that's in this industry and listen to this, keep your fucking head up. Shit's rough sometimes. But the grass isn't always greener, but you can always change the side of the street if you want to. And I just want to give a huge shout out to one of my best friends, Rick, who's the distiller here in St. Augustine for both distilleries. He's been doing such a great job, and he's like my motivation to keep going. We see somebody that's up at five in the morning every day working his ass off and he's still somehow keeping some sense of composure. <laughs> like if he can do it, I can fucking do it. <laughs> and if I can do it, any of y'all can Damn do it. Damn right. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know about that. You're a different breed, my friend. Well, bravo to Rick and yourself, Zach. What a time. <laughs> Guys, we'll see you on the next episode. As always, we love you, but fuck off.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we release new episodes whenever we feel like it. A big shout out to our friends at Trauma Parlor, who sung fast when you hear it throughout the show. Please go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show them some love. That's right, and if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also Snapchat and TikTok and all the other social media uh, platforms that we're about to take over um, at BRP Drink Along. If you can listen along, or uh, let me rephrase that, you can listen along wherever you get your podcast. That could be Google Pod, <laughs> Apple Pod, YouTube, Spotify, hopefully, you know, Facebook Live, Stitcher, Twitter, all, all kinds of crazy shit in the future too. Um, you can check that out at the the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review because it's the best way that we can shoot up the charts, and you guys can help us grow the show. That is also the best way for us to reach new listeners. So please make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing these episodes. Take two seconds right now before you even listen to the end of the outro. Hit pause, subscribe, rate, and review. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. And the most important thing, Mike and I really need the personal validation. Yeah, we're really killing this outro tonight, man. Uh, Did you say that because I stumbled over my words? You fucking twat. We both have. We both have. Fuck you, you douche canoe. Guess what? We had more audio recordings. We're recording this outro weeks after the uh, the episode. So, ta-da! And uh, don't forget, if you are a Spotify user, be sure to check out the BRP playlist on our Spotify profile. We've got some really cool playlists on there for you, including the BRP Industry Night playlist, which are all songs added by our incredible guests. That is right. And uh, very eager to see what Zach comes up with, because what an eclectic episode. Him working in Spain, him working in Brazil, him... I'm not quite sure. Either he got kidnapped or Shanghaied or something or the other. I have a feeling like this guy's particular musical taste is going to melt my eyebrows. And so I'm pretty interested to see what he comes up with. Um, do you want some kick-ass show merch, Mike? Yes, I need some new shirts for the summer coming up. Of course you do. And we also have tank tops. That's right, people. Nice summer-style shirts. Go check out all of our amazing swag, courtesy of Campo Design Co. at Prodigy DTG. Dot com backslash bartender rant. And if you want to hang out with Mike and me, join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. Have some drinks, meet some fellow barflies, listen to our wonderful bartender, uh, guest bartender playlist, um, and tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting and how you wish you got more off episodes more often and more regularly. Um, make sure you follow us on social media for all the links to those industry night happy hours. Yeah, and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender at Podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at our bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content like the Boilermaker tapes, uh, special releases, lost episodes, and all kinds of stuff like that. No kidding. And if you want to be a big tipper, aka one of our Bozells, feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our executive producers and shout out your name and your drink of choice or something else you'd like us to say right here. Yeah, so uh, again, a gigantic thank you to our uh, Patreons and, and our Bozells here. So, of course, we've got Leah Grace. Love you, girl. Uh, wish I could have seen you while I was in Vegas, but uh, we were we were busy. That goes for all the Vegas people, of course. But uh, thank you, Leah, for the support, as always. Chandler, Herd Card Game, she's still out there moving and doing it. And we should be getting our expansion packs here in soon, too. So I'm excited to see those, finally. Uh, Javier, again, 
Uh, great episode. Great to meet Javier out in Vegas. Can't wait to come back in November and see him again. Thank you for all the support. Ray, the mystery, the mystery benefactor. Mystery man uh, or woman. <laughs> or woman. <laughs> we still we really Ray. appreciate you supporting us. And then, of course, Regina Grace, so one of our... Uh, one of our most longtime fans and listeners. And truly, guys, we, we know we're struggling right now. Steve and I are super busy, and we're not releasing super Somebody uh, smashed all the windows on my truck and broke into my car yeah. and stole everything I own. <laughs> and yeah, that's I've been actually on the road not a joke. <laughs> I've been on the road for two weeks. We're recording this outro weeks after we did the episode because the uh, the recording software didn't record all of the Plus stuff that Mike, we laid down. So uh, it's all good. I'm just saying Mike, thank you so much Mike, for the support. Mike, what? What? Much, much like math, life is hard. Yeah, there you go. But no, we, we truly appreciate your support. Look, we're keeping this thing going. I did get to go to Vegas again. I got to see a few more people and I'm excited. This is It's good. I really appreciate you guys supporting us. It means so much to us. And we're going to keep this show rocking and rolling as best we can. And uh, Steve and I are going to get back on the horse. I'm I'm back from being gone for two for two weeks on the road. So I'm going to have a little bit more time to dedicate uh, back to the show. So we appreciate you guys. We love you. And thank you so much for the continued support. No doubt. Mike and I do this because we love you. And we love this industry. And we want to keep bringing you great content. But as we said, this is not our day job. And life and other shit happens. Um, with your help, we can keep bringing you great stories and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. Yeah, and fuck that guy who broke my truck. <laughs> If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Do you guys mind if I go take a really quick leak? This is why the podcast is taking three hours, you know, all the time. The podcast, we, we can sit take, here and talk for four. We can sit here and talk. We can sit here and talk for. bathroom breaks. <laughs> we can sit and talk shit. for 45 minutes right now, and if it's not part of the gauntlet, it's not going to be added to the time. So I can go and piss forever long I want, all right? And now you, I would have already been back from pissing if you weren't being a dick. So I'll be Your right. Hair back. looks nice today. Piss all over the fucking computer, <laughs> dude. Those uh, those stories were wild. Dude, the the idea of you rolling your balls off and being drunk as shit, bleeding all over the place, telling them to to turn it up is turn fucking. Up, that is fucking hilarious. That's gold. That's dude, absolutely gold. One of my other stories, like where I'm sitting right now in my house, I'm sitting for my piano. One of my stories, I'm going to use a little bit of piano sounds. Yeah, absolutely. Please go for it, man. Like we've said, this is your episode, so 
We appreciate it. This will just make yeah. one sound like just more epic. I mean, it's the most, it's one of the stories I'm going to tell you guys is about living in Spain. I was in Barcelona when Spain won the World Cup. Yeah, you told me. Don't, uh, don't tell me though, because I want my genuine, yeah, I want my genuine reaction to it. I just want you to know if it's all right, because I wasn't technically working. I was teaching at the time. But mm. then uh, at one point, there was work done in a bar. I'll, I'll get there. Hey, uh, hey that, the last story you told about falling out of your bunk, you weren't bartending. Of course, oh, I, we want, we want that story on you. Yeah, exactly. But still, no, we, we, want, we want your experience. So, no. Again, man, we really appreciate you coming on with us. That was, yeah, uh, that was hilarious. To be able to do this, man. Yeah, man. I Can't appreciate it. But actually, I mean, because I got some stuff to say, like story-wise especially. Mm. Well, and you know, also, I, like I said, I don't like to be all mushy and stuff, but I really think the beginning of this episode, too, really kind of brought home a, a more raw and, and genuine perspective about bartending. You know what I mean? Especially people, like some people might just be getting into it, you know, getting through college and stuff, but I feel like you really had a, uh, a really genuine um some really genuine thoughts to share about serving and being a part of a community. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We need more of that. Oh yeah. I no, that got great. more of that. Is <laughs> the, what's the next question again? The one uh, up? Question number six is ratchet and crazy customers. Oh man. All right. Yeah, the, 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 see the last, we did this on purpose. The last half of the gauntlet is the juiciest half of the gauntlet. Yeah. I know that's what I'm saying. It's not my best ones. Yeah. All right. We right. Dude. Yeah. I'm ready. Don't don't forget about you calling your mother a cunt, okay? <laughs> Five, four, 